22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Hey, 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 what's up, Geek World? Welcome to another Geek-tastic episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 48. See, guys, I didn't forget this time. Yeah. <laughs> That's because it's your age. Oh, don't take my jokes. Don't take my jokes, please. Okay, so I'm one of the hosts of The Cap, here with our ageless wonder, our version of Mumra, the ever-living, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Mumra, <laughs> now crusty, hag-born whore master. Wow. <laughs> did, you, did you just install his hair? He doesn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to my right is the other bald guy. How about that one? <laughs> the guy who is always on the soundboard checking his phone. And the glue that holds the meanwhile and the 22 together, RT Square, Ralph the Tech. That's right. One tech to rule them all. That's me. Oh, my goodness. Did, did you write that down or was that off the top of the head? Huh? Was that off the top of the head? Off the top of the head. You were like what? What? <laughs> you you were lost. Oh my god! Do you want to take a take a second take? Because you lost, were like, huh? Lost in space. Yeah, yes, you see me. And we're not even watching a movie that you like, so that's kind of weird. Well, I love football. <laughs> yeah. <all right. laughs> what, what were you gonna say, Mike? Nothing. Oh, if I had something Wait, to say, ho- you know. Holy shit! We we need some kind of sound effect for that. <laughs> exactly. Mike has nothing to say. Uh, you know, I, I try and improve you guys, but it just seems hopeless by this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, now let's let's put Mike on his toes and give him something to say. Let's go to his panel. Let's go to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Cap. All right. First of all, before I even get into the quick news, uh-huh. part of that quick news is going to be how many of you damn people out there looking at our Facebook page, who saw that Star Wars trailer? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Epic. I can't wait. And who saw the Terminator Genesis trailer? Yeah, I saw that. I can't wait. I think I got a little bit crazy in my pants. I don't yeah. know. Crazy in your pants? What yeah. the fuck is that? That sounds like I, I can just imagine <laughs> Ralph sitting in a seat with his hands down in his pants and all you see is like the, the gesture. <laughs> What's wrong? I'm crazy in my pants. Listen, when it happens to you, you'll know. Don't worry. Just a just a trouser weasel. <laughs> <laughs> trouser weasel. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike's right. I mean, when you guys get a chance, check out the Meanwhile Twenty Two page on Facebook. Definitely got a lot of, a lot of new goodies, especially with those two trailers coming oh, out. I know. I just can't wait. Anyhow, all right. So on to the news. Remember back in twenty twelve when Americans were told don't trust the bee in Apartment Twenty Three because mostly it was a horrible sitcom. Well, evidently, the casting office at Marvel Television didn't get the message. Kristen Ritter will take the leading role of the Marvel Netflix series Jessica Jones. The series is the second of the five Marvel Comics-themed shows airing on Netflix beginning in 2015. The rundown for those would be Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, followed by Defenders. No more information about the show or characters have been revealed. Hmm. So what do we think about that? Well, I mean, I'm not familiar with... I, I'm familiar with the show of the... Um, Don't Trust to Be in a Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the show. I never saw it, obviously. Right. It wasn't even on that long for me to even watch it. It, it was on longer than it should have been. I was it was on for like four <laughs> episodes and then it was done. Something like that. I saw one and I'm like, like... six Aw. or something. But I'm not familiar with the actress. Is there anything else she's been in before? She's been in things. I mean, I don't think she's... She was in the Veronica Mars movie. Was she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. She got killed. Oh, okay. Well, spoiler alert: Someone dies in the Veronica Mars movie. So, uh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how am I feeling about that? I'm not familiar with her work. I really want to see what they do with Jessica Jones because yeah. she became more of a prom. I remember when she came out in what was it? Oh, 
two oh three. Nineteen oh two. How old are you? Two thousand two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I remember when Jessica Jones had came came out, and it was part of that. What was it Marvel? What was that name of that adult geared line of comics? Was it Marvel Max or Max? Yeah, Marvel Max. Yeah, and she had her, and she was called Black Widow, right? No. She was just just. Oh, so I'm sorry. She, she was a the, the name of her book was called Alias. Alias. Right. That's what it was. I knew it was some kind of. Not problem. related to the TV show for any of you hoes out there. Right, but <laughs> Jessica Jones. I remember that you know, she was Alias. Um, the name of the book was Alias, and I remember it being a lot more of an adult book because there was yeah. a, a lot of sexual content and, and mm-hmm. a lot of cursing. So. Oh, I mean, one of the most horrible storylines, horrible in like a just a shock value way, was that uh, I think. I would say at least a year she had been um, mind controlled by the purple man and he just made her do unspeakable sexual acts with him, tons of other people, the whole nine yards. He just used her as a sex slave and just a, a, like a dog, basically. How have I not heard of this? <laughs> I, I don't know how you've not heard of Alias, <laughs> but it's really well done. And then, um, you know, she's uh, ended a former relationship eventually in that story with Luke Cage. Right. And now they have a kid and they eventually got married because, of course, that's the way the black and white people do it. <laughs> in the comics, everyone else gets married first. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I was just ver- I was very um, interested in or well, I am interested in if Marvel's going to touch Alias and not quite that sexual, obviously. Right. But 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 definitely take some of those ideas from from that series. because That series is, is what made it successful. Right. Well, I don't know, because, I mean, you know, now, granted, she still doesn't. Well, I shouldn't say still doesn't because I don't read any of the Avengers any longer, but she has superpowers. Right. It's just that in the book she didn't use them and that they were kind of like not that great of superpowers. So I'm going to be curious to see if that's what they linger on more so. They weren't that great. What was it like? My power is to cause television static. <laughs> no, like she could I'm going to weaken your Wi-Fi. But she could fly, but she didn't fly overly fast or anything like that. She was strong, but not overly strong. Like It was just she just had like, you know, like she had a, a an amount of uh, invulnerability, you know, like to some degree you know it was just she just was a little bit of everything basically right? <laughs> and a lot of but not interesting as a superhero she was an h-a-h-a-h half-ass hero <laughs> pretty much <laughs> all, right, all right so hopefully that'll i mean i hope that'll they take some of the, the cues from alias because that was a good storyline yeah, so, yeah. definitely was and it was very different all right so what else you got there mike Alrighty, flash episode seven called power outage mentioned some extreme b-listers with a-lister dreams now let's test your nerdism Go, let's, ready guys oh we're, Go. i failed <laughs> i failed right, i'm going to start off with the easiest one they mentioned uh because what it is that professor wells mentions all the people that he knows of that have been injured due to the experiment right which of course is no one that we've seen that's the weirdest thing he mentions everyone we've never seen but doesn't mention anyone we have seen, which I thought was equally as weird. <laughs> All right, so first name, easy one. Ralph Didby. Didby. Ugh, can't even say his name. Dibney. Ralph Dibney. That's elongated, man. Correct. All righty. Which is interesting. Ralph say, yeah. <laughs> because he Sounds used to take, right. Yeah, he used to take a formula, the Gingold formula, to get his stretching powers. The Gingold formula? Gingold. Yeah. Gingold. Yeah. That uh, sounds like you, know, you got your Gangold there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're calling it now, the gingled? I guess. Of right. course, elongated man. Go ahead. All right. So, for the Latinos in the group, let's see if you're able to get this one. The, he called her Bea, but her first name would actually be Beatriz Bonilla da Costa. Because he called her Bea da Costa. Hmm. No, that I don't know. You'll know the character. I'll know the character. Green hair. Green hair. DC. Oh, oh um, she, she's Brazilian, right? Yes. Fire. Exactly. That's oh shit fire yes oh wow okay so, it's curious I'm just curious to see if any of these people are going to pop up okay now this one's going to get a little bit harder Will Everett now in the comics there's a Will Everett the uh, senior and then Will Everett the third they both had the same abilities and took up the same name over time give Will, me a thought on that one Will Everett 
Hmm. Uh, Give us a hint. Third generation um, he, hero. Hmm. He does the same thing that. Um, okay, now I can't think of the guy's name. He does the same thing as the Absorbing Man. Hmm. Oh, um, oh, uh, uh, Metamorpho. No, no he's sorry. Amazing Man. Amazing. Man. I don't know Amazing Never Man. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know, him, but he he ended up joining the JS uh, the the Justice Society, the JSA. Okay. Alrighty. They also mentioned Grant Emerson. I don't know Grant All Emerson. Right. That's Damage. He's the one who has like a he explodes basically himself. He can actually just explode. Let me guess. Does he cause damage? Yes, he does. No. <laughs> wait, wait. Damage can explode, and yeah. how does he reconstitute himself? No, no, no. He it's like a chemical reaction off of his body, so it explodes. Oh. But it's like it's like Nucleon. Nucleon explodes. Oh, like as Nucleon. Well. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, the thing about damage, and of course because it's DC character, he if he doesn't release these explosions, which just sounds like some cheap sexual thing right off the bat. <laughs> I was just going for that. <laughs> if right I don't away. release this explosion, I'm going to go crazy. No, if he doesn't release the explosion, then he'll just detonate with this huge blast that basically actually did one of the big bangs of Zero Hour. So oh. of course he's that that powerful. Oh, oh damn. damn, big bang. <laughs> What's well, funny is you went sexual. I'm like, uh, no, 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 Cap, don't go sexual. But I was thinking, you know, that's, that's an excuse that's been used by every guy. Like, I have a superpower, and if you don't let me fuck you, I'm gonna explode. <laughs> <laughs> but, for, but he's real. Exactly. And one more, Al Rothstein. Rothstein. Oh, it's yeah. that guy. Yeah, that guy. You won't get this one either. Um, Adam Smasher. Oh, I would have oh, got okay. that. Yeah. No, you wouldn't have. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah. So these. So I'm curious to see if these people actually just come up, or if this is just Easter eggs for, you know, the you know the the truest of nerds. I th- I, I'm I'm figuring it's probably Easter eggs because. Well, see how long because if the series lasts a while, then they could actually true. Bring they can always. I mean, figure if they're bringing in Firestorm. I mean, that's a very you know outwardly exhibiting power. So yeah, it will be interesting. All right. So enough of that one. Okay, Tuesday's announcement of the Suicide Squad cast had some people slitting their wrists while others were singing praises. Oh, now, here we go. Here we for, go. For the hoes at home that didn't know, uh, the Suicide Squad is a ragtag team of villains who are offered an attempt at redemption by completing dangerous missions on behalf of Amanda Waller's covert government-sanctioned organization known as Argus. What does that stand for? Anybody? Argus? No. Oh. It stands for Aggregated something with something and the other... System securities. Very close to that. It's the Advanced Research Group Uniting Superhumans. That was my next choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> the film will begin shooting in Toronto in April 2015 and will be directed by David Ayer for an August 6, 2016 release date. So here's a rundown. You have Jay Courtney as Boomerang, Kara Delevingne as Enchantress, Margot Arabi as Harley Quinn, Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg, Will Smith as Deadshot, Jared Leto as Joker. Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor is rumored to appear in the film, but the role of Amanda Waller has not been filled, although there is a rumor that Fox's Christmas list has Oprah Winfrey I heard as its number that. one pick. I, I read that, and I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah. I, no, no, don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with Oprah. No. Shout out to Oprah. Oh, she's a fantastic actress. She's, she's a good actress. I just feel like this is something that we just need somebody fresh and different. I don't want it to be hot. the Oprah Winfrey show, first of all. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing, too. I mean, like, it's, it's great to have a person that represents... Represents a, a more average person, but can be a tough character. But do you ever notice? And again, I'm I'm going to be a little bit generous with this statement that I'm going about to make oh, here. Oh shit! MFG's going to be generous. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm generalizing. Uh, oh, generally, gen- you know, uh-huh. um, I'm being generous with my generalizing. I should say, is that you ever notice whenever they want a character that seems more honest and real? Like in other words, the body type doesn't have to be model esque. It tends to be a person of color. Hmm. You know, like, you know, I, I guess maybe because of uh, what's more given in, like, especially for uh, the black culture, stuff like that, they have no problem putting like a heavy black woman in a scene. But you don't usually get like 
a heavy white woman to fill a role. Like they'll just change it all together. Unless it's that girl from um um Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids yeah. Because <laughs> she's, she's in funny. everything. She's in <laughs> she's just so funny. Or the one who played Tammy. Or, or or the girl from um Fever Pitch uh, not Fever Pitch, um Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I mean so but as you were saying for the most part, you know that, that's that's an interesting um an interesting theory of how, how they go about picking, you know, certain characters because you're right. You're definitely right about that. Now do you think that they also go for the whole black heavy woman stereotype. Well, I mean, even DC finally got rid of that because Amanda Waller is like, you know, she's thin, young, and they call her the wall. Pretty, yeah. They used to call her the wall when she right. was heavy. I don't know what they would call it. I don't know if they even use that any longer. Right. The wall. You know, but now uh, it's just the pole. <laughs> the pole. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the pole. Damn, Ralph. <laughs> Damn. Okay, quick, real quick before we move on. Yeah, thank you. Um, before we move on to the next thing, how do we feel about Will Smith? We're talking about yeah. Oprah Winfrey. I need to hear this there. Really? No, I I could care less. I mean, I really, I'm not that invested in Suicide Squad. I'm not some Deadshot fan, uh, you know. It's just that it's just, we've never seen Will Smith be a bad guy. And then I, I imagine he's going to be a bad guy with a heart of gold kind of a thing. So I'm really <laughs> like not happy in, about that. Like they did in the cartoon? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you know, and I, I am assuming that's probably why, you know, they have him in the role. I don't know. I, I just don't care. You know, I, I mean, Jared well, Leto is the Joker. I just don't care to see the Joker. I, I, no, you know? see, I, I, but I, I'm the opposite. I, do, I care very much so because the Joker has not been recreated since, obviously, Heath Ledger did, um, you know, did him on the big screen. But Jared, I, I like Jared Leto. I saw him in da- Dallas Buyers Club. I think he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of um, what kind of Joker he would play. And to see how they're going to put Harley Quinn on the big on the big screen, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I want it to be well. It's just that I don't want this. There shouldn't be much Joker. Really, there shouldn't be any Joker. But if they feel the need for to throw movie. the Joker, then there shouldn't be much of anything. It's not a Joker movie, you know. What I mean, and it shouldn't be a Joker movie. Yeah, I just think it's it just should be clean. It should just be their own adventure. I I don't need to see the Joker right now. Um, also, because it's it's you know, like when you mentioned that we haven't seen the Joker since Heath Ledger. It right. wasn't like that was like 30 years ago. You true, know, I mean, I'm in, no, I'm in no rush guess, for that. I'm just in no rush for the Joker. I know? guess for me, I mean, no, no, I mean, I, I hear, I hear that, but I, I think Joker is a very, he's a very important character in the DC universe. He's a money getter, and if, and if you're gonna put a money getter out there, I want to see how you're gonna do it. Right, but at the same time, he's a money getter. But then that just means I get another Joker story. There's a billion and a half villains in the Batman universe. There's a billion and a half villains. Not any of them are any good, but in the Superman universe, it's like I don't want to see Lex Luthor. I, I'm just tired of the same old, no, same well, no, old. No, I, 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 I agree with that. The one thing I'll, I'll, say, I'll add to that is, um, though I agree with that, I think because DC's trying to build a larger universe, you know, this is going to be the Joker potentially for the next 15 years, 10, 15 years, or for the run of the, these bunch of um, stories because they're going to use the Justice League and they might spin it off and do, you know, Joker and, and Batman story, whatever. But I think J- Jared Leto's with this whole new universe. I'm wondering where, where DC's going to go with it. Could you imagine if they do a Cesar Romero Joker? <laughs> <laughs> and that makes MFG happy because Cesar was, Romero was awesome. Oh, he was great, but I, I couldn't imagine if they tried to put him in here now. That would be too funny. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? All right. By the hoary hosts of Hoggoth. And no, I didn't say the horny hose of Hogwarts. All right. All rumors, controversy, Aww. speculations, backpedaling, and rants be damned. It's finally official. The Sultan of Smog, the King of Khan, the Sheik of Sherlock himself, Benedict Cumberbatch, will portray Doctor Strange in the November 4, 2016 film directed by Scott Derrickson. All of you on Team Joaquin Phoenix can suck it. <laughs> 
I'm I'm just like whatever with that film. <laughs> you are going to be the person. He was the best film I've ever seen. I, I, I he's, want. He's going to come out of the movie theater. He's going to be like, oh my god, my life has been changed. I doubt that because we said we said the same thing was going to happen with Turtles and Doctor Who. No, Actually, I never said that. With <laughs> I didn't say you guys. Oh. I said, I'm sorry. I'm playing the pronoun game. They could. It's another they, not you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you're not always they, guys. No, please, please. We're the important thing. You're the, oh, you're Rob, the important. He's going to be sitting in that movie theater just just. Holding hands with the, the Doctor Strange from the cosplay. Uh, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. No, no, he's a douche because he's going to have one hand in his popcorn, the other hand on his goddamn phone. <laughs> the pissed off Doctor Strange. It's like, why are you taking oh My gosh. I know I'm dressed like this. That doesn't mean you have to take a picture of me. My I, God. I want, I want the. Get my good side. I want there to be a movie that interests me, not like, not like that horrible animated movie they made like six years ago. The animated what? movie was good. That was good. It's horrible. Listen, what, what, Boring. Here's what you do. Next time when you watch, you drink a few beers. You'll be more enjoyable. I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I won't pay attention to anything else. I'll be looking at my phone. Or try and stay awake. I know at your age, that's hard. Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about me staying awake when we talk about Big Hero 6. But, <laughs> and it's not a diss on Big Hero 6. I just get tired easy. <laughs> I told you he's old. <laughs> Shut up. What, 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 what you saying, Mike? What, what else you got? You should have gone to the early bird matinee. We did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't early enough for that bird. <laughs> we call him a bird. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I know you don't want to hear anything more about the Fantastic Four reboot any more than I want to provide news about it. All right. But here but, you go. <laughs> all right. Fox Studio released its official synopsis. Quote, the Fantastic Four, a contemporary reimagining of Marvel's original and longest running superhero team, centers on four young outsiders who teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe, which alters their physical form in shocking ways. Their lives irrevocably upended. The team must learn to harness their daunting new abilities and work together to save Earth from a former friend turned enemy, end quote. Now, that's all well and good. Right. But it doesn't conflict with the November release of a synopsis that has been vehemently denied by screenwriter Jeremy Slater, which says basically that Gene, uh, that Reed is a genius convenience store clerk with Ben. Reed's parents don't care about him. Ben's dad is abusive. They're good friends. They have each other's back, etc. cetera. Uh, Reed writes a paper for a community college on teleportation. That gets the attention of Dr. Storm, who is the CEO of the Baxter Building Research Center. Um, Dr. Storm has a son, Johnny, and an adoptive daughter, Sue, whose father, Storm, uh, Dr. Storm, knew. He was an old partner and died in an experiment gone wrong. So now Johnny and Sue are party kids. Sue is particularly disdainful of science. Reed and Sue don't get along at first. You have Viktor Domashev, that's an antisocial Eastern European computer programmer and hacktivist that calls himself Doom. He hates the one percenters, and therefore he hates Dr. Storm. Um, so when Dr. Storm uses Reed's paper to complete this equation, he, uh, he has Reed there. Reed invites Ben to watch the machine turn on. Sue and Johnny are also there. And then Doom hacks into the Baxter Building servers. And then that, of course, uploads a virus, damages the computers. It explodes and Reed, Sue, and Johnny, and Ben are exposed to these other um, powers and stuff like that. Now, part of that goes on in there is that, uh, you know, you, of course, you get the whole we're trying to reverse the the accent and stuff like that. Sue blames Reed for everything, uh, but they be, eventually become friends in a couple. Ben can switch his powers on and off when he's not in danger. And Johnny changes colors based on his heat intensity. And Sue has some kind of telekinetic type powers and Reed is just Reed. So it sounds to me like a lot of what was leaked and that they kept denying is Pretty much going to be the movie. Wow, I'm. Tr- you know what's interesting? I was ha- speaking. I mean, every time I think about the conversation that we had with Jazz, shout out to Jazz. Um, I think about you know one of the things him saying about well, you know that they're, they're not you know they're trying to change it to uh, to make it better for a newer audience and da da da. So I'm trying to look at it f- with an open mind and without being the old man of this is what the Fantastic Four is supposed to be. But there's still some ideas that I'm like, eh. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, convenience I, store genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, trying to make it relatable. Well, that's like the 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 super genius janitor that works at a college that solves the equation on the board. Exactly. I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean, so I mean, Johnny, so I'm changing colors, you know, based on how intense his heat is. All right, Ben Grimm being able to change, there's no fucking conflict there because. Oh, well, oh, ha- at some point, then, of course, during their whole saving the day kind of a thing, something mm-hmm. happens and that Ben gets damaged and now he's stuck to the thing. That's the other part of the leaked synopsis that they keep denying is going to be the movie. Uh, they're just, I feel like they're, they're trying to add too many things to change it. And yeah. it's just not going to be a very good movie. So he gets rock hard when he's excited? Exactly. Uh, you, you've been waiting for that. You don't, mean, you don't mean nerds made that joke. You're not original. I'm just saying. I love you, RT hey. Square, but that, you're not original with that. I was the first one to say it on the show. Yeah, he got you on that one. Yeah, he did. <laughs> There's reasons why we didn't touch that joke, though, bro. Just because nobody's done it doesn't mean it should be done. People don't fuck porcupines, but people still, you know. That's what they told Columbus. Whoa, <laughs> me and my porcupine are doing along just fine, thank you. We have no problems in the sack. <laughs> as long as he's facing one direction, yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't like that group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Cornball, what else you got? All righty, believe it or not, one last note. This one's going to end up on a good note because it's something I'm excited about. I don't care if anyone else is. Go. Alrighty. On this past Thursday, every fast car driving, gadget drooling, smug face wearing, karate chopping, secretary flirting, last name repeating, borderline date raping, woman slapping, lady humping, double entendre dropping, henchman killing, Aston Martin loving person out there had their excitement shaken and stirred. In Productions announced that the 24th James Bond film will have the simple yet thrilling title of Spectre. And as any Bond fan knows, Spectre, which is an acronym for... I don't watch Bond. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion, which is a supernatural organization led by... Hmm? Spy Hunter? No. Close, though. Ernst Stavro Blofeld and has been a thorn in Bond's side since it was first introduced in the novel Thunderball in 1961 and the film Dr. No in 1962. The minimalist movie poster shows a bullet hole through glass with eight tendril-like cracks running down from the hole. The image is reminiscent of the Spectre logo, which looks like an evil octopus or a fancy Afro pick. Um, <laughs> pretty much, it's really hard to tell. Uh, Skyfall director Sam Mendes will helm the new movie, which will include series veterans Rory Kinnear, Naomi Harris, Ralph Fiennes, or Ray Fiennes as he prefers, and Ben Whishaw. Also, Christoph Waltz and Dave Bautista will be new names to the franchise. Spectre is due out on November 6, 2015. All right. Can't wait. Interesting. I've never gotten into Bond as much. I mean, I've seen the movies when I was a kid. I wasn't really interested as I got older. I mean, my my family, my father's side of the family growing up always loved two things. Bond. Bond, And and avoid the INS. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're on a roll today, aren't we? Oh, wow. Oh, what I was saying was Bond. And, st- and their love for Star Trek. Okay. So, so two things that it took me later on to really, like, really love. Oh, really? Like, my cousins were, like, like 11 and 12, and they were loving that stuff. And I was like, oh, it's fucking corny. And then when I got older, I appreciated it. Like, I like Bond, but I don't watch it like that. I don't, I don't know enough about him. So I know with, Dan- with Daniel Craig, I've watched all of his movies thus far. Right. So, and, and they've been really good. Obviously, fantastic. He's, he's a great Bond. Um, how do you feel about Bond, RT Square? I love Bond. I, just the fact that, you know, this is, like, He's the kind of guy that you look up to and then you're like, you say, you know, I know I can never be this guy, but I want to get pretty damn close. Because he's the one where he could walk into a room where he knows everyone in that room wants to kill him. 
and he still acts like he he owns that room, you know. And I he do walks the same up, thing. He walks up to <laughs> the bad guy's girlfriend, and she's like, "Listen, you shouldn't be talking to me. I'm this guy's girl." And he's like, "Girl, I don't care. You're still coming home with me tonight." Well, actually, the way it works in the Bond movies, he just slaps her, and the next thing you know, they're in bed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never understand how that works in the Bond movies. That's pre 1970s. <laughs> That's, no, it's pre 1990. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so wait, so 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 Roger Moore would do that too? Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. He was he would smack his bitches up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a it's a actual like telepathic contact kind of thing where he, once he slaps him, he's sending him a message and he's like, "Hey, baby, let's go back to my place." And then she's like, "Okay, okay." okay. Uh, the 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 thoughts and and opinions of those of Archie Square do not reflect those of the Cap because you, you're gonna get people smacking people. But I saw on Meanwhile 22, they said you'd love me for that. But they do reflect the thoughts of those most people in Rikers right at the moment. <laughs> wow. No, 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 I didn't say. That by doing it, you said I said you got to know how to do it, you know. <laughs> so like Ray Rice just didn't know how to do it right. Exactly. Oh I see. man, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Well, anyway, it, well, I was gonna go for the gong, but not yet, not yet, not yet, not. So is that all the quick news? That is all the quick news oh, I have. Okay, I was wondering if I was gonna be able to include quick news. And let me see if Mike jumps some of my story. The Oprah Winfrey thing you got, I've got one. Yeah. Rumor has it that the rumor has it. <laughs> you're, you're both seeing it. Oh my god! Okay, rumor has it that um, they are putting together a Sailor Moon motion picture. What? And guess who? Pedophiles everywhere. Get ready. <laughs> and guess who's playing the lead? And it's not somebody young. Uh, Jackie Chan. Madonna. Really? <laughs> Jackie Chan and Madonna Mag- Chan. <laughs> no. Will Smith? Megan Fox. Willow Smith? <laughs> Megan fucking Fox. Since oh. when does Megan Fox look like a Japanese schoolgirl? When does she look young anymore? When does Sailor Moon look like a Japanese schoolgirl? She's a blonde she's a blonde girl, you know, looks like she's born from around here. She's not natural. Because that's anime. <laughs> exactly. So she's so not that's well, well, then it makes sense though, because um, Megan Fox looks like anime now. <laughs> She looks like Aunt May now. <laughs> no, she doesn't. But she, she definitely looks out of proportion with, with all the surgery she has. So, yeah. you know. I mean, I, when I saw that, I was like, really, they're going to make a Sailor Moon movie? I mean, I can't talk. They're going to make a gem movie. So, you know. Truly outrageous. <laughs> truly, truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> you will be the first. In line. I'm not seeing it with you. I, I'm letting you know that wait right now. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so, wait. We're not friends where we can't suffer together? There's suffering, and then there's there's gem. The movie. <laughs> I, all I keep thinking of is every time I think of the gem, the movie, I keep thinking of Josie the Pussycats, the movie, because that was horrible. And I'm a huge Josie and the Pussycats fan, and that movie was just like I didn't even understand what I was watching. Really, you didn't like Rosario Dawson? I like Rosario Dawson. I also like uh, Parker Posey. Yeah. You know, but not in that movie. <laughs> just horrible. <laughs> I forgot that movie existed. Exactly. That's the, the, the reason why. <laughs> All right, so th- there we go. All the quick news. Let's go on to Ralph the- doesn't have any news. Ralph? I skipped him because I know he's going to do I ever have any news? I got a news. What's that? Uh, the cap got me a t-shirt for my birthday, and it Aww. says, Ralph, <laughs> cool but crude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it's- Did you see what it says in the back? No. I, I haven't come up with anything clever yet. So. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, nice. <laughs> Always good to hear me say fuck you. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the first segment of the show. Um, yesterday, um, Mike and I decided to go see a movie. 
Ralph had already seen it, so he got left out. Yeah, free screening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those who and for those who realize that it's a radio podcast and you can't see it, Ralph just gave me the jerk off sign. <laughs> you saw what he did right there. <laughs> no, I said, ha ha. You did it one hand. It doesn't look right. Ah, <laughs> the other hand was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so my, myself, MSG, and our boy Jazz went to go see the new Pixar Disney movie, Big Hero Six, based off the Marvel comic book that was it was pretty short lived, right? I'll tell you all about that when it's my turn to talk. In other words, I'm taking away from his fire. So without <laughs> without any uh, any more fire that I'm taking away from him, with a synopsis of Big Hero 6 is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Hey, thank you. I do have a synopsis. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, surprise. Yeah. All right. All right now, Gosh. <laughs> now, it's really weird. I'm assuming because they were Asian heroes that a big hero with six inches is considered large. I don't know. Oh. Um, that's right. I said it. Damn. Anyway. Anyway, Big Hero 6 is a team of superheroes created by Steven T. Siegel and Duncan Rolu that first appeared in Marvel Comics in September 1998. The original team consisted of Sunfire, Silver Samurai, Gogo Tamago, Honey Lemon, Hiro Takachiho, and his monstrous robot Baymax. Expanded members included Eben uh, Samurai, Sun Pyre, Wasabi no Ginger, and Fred, a.k.a. Fredzilla. The team came about because Japan wanted a state-sanctioned superhero group at its disposal. Now, the, big, uh, the film Big Hero 6 is the 54th animated fe- uh, feature in the Walt Disney Animated Classics Library, but the first Disney animated feature film to centerpiece Marvel Comics characters since Disney, uh, Disney acquired Marvel in 2009. The Big Hero 6 movie diff- differs sharply from its origins, including the name of the film's main character. Gone is the subpar gritty tale of subpar heroes and subpar shady corporations, and in its place is a family-friendly production meant for laughs and the occasional tug on the heartstrings. In the tongue-twisting city of San Francisco, a 14-year-old robotics prodigy, prodigy, excuse me, that was tongue-twisting alone, has trouble coping after seeing his brother get blown. Damn. Uh, up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he enlists the help of a ditz, a darkie, a lezzy, and a filthy hippie, and employs his dead brother's vinyl fetish play automaton to exact revenge on the masked man that not only killed his brother, but stole his award-winning microbots as well. Featuring the voice talents of the who's who of who? I've never heard of these people. Uh, Ryan Potter as Hiro Hamada, Scott Adsit as Baymax, TJ Miller as Fred, Jamie Chung as Gogo Tamago, Damon Wayans Jr. as Wasabi, Genesis Rodriguez as Honey Lemon, James Cromwell as Professor Robert Callahan, Alan Tudyk as Alistair Cray, Maya Rudolph as Cass Hamada, Daniel Henney as Tadashi Hamada, and Stan Lee as Fred's father. Stanley is Fred's father. Wow. <laughs> pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. And Stanley, uh, well, actually, you know, we didn't end up staying for the very end, but there actually is more to the movie. Oh, fuck. And I watched it online. Oh, yeah. shh. Oh. Yeah. There is an ending I, to after the, movie. the podcast, I'm going to have to ask you about that. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's funny because the people in the back were sitting there, and I felt like I was being mocked. No, and I think they were just sitting there. <laughs> I really do. See, I didn't stay when I went to see the movie. I didn't stay to the very end. Well, you went with different people that didn't want to stay behind, right? Well, no, no. What happened was because it was a free screening, you have to give up your phone. So you, you couldn't take your phone in uh-huh. with you. So um, you know there's going to be a long-ass line of people waiting to get their phones. We just wanted to get out there. Okay. So we said, you know, once we saw the credits, we're like, all right, book it. Let's go. We're going to be the first ones in line to get our phones back. Uh-huh. Well, you all missed out. Oh, oh, man. I'll see it when it comes out on DVD. Or you could just watch it on YouTube. That too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and with that, because of, uh, oh, could you press the spoiler thing before you get into it? Spoilers. Warning: This segment may contain spoilers. 
So leave Ralph alone. I can't wait till we redo that one. Yeah, it's going to say, warning, if you haven't seen this movie, that's your old goddamn fault. Okay, that's Damn. what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Or, or like Kev said, shout out to Kev. <laughs> spoilers. Fuck Ralph, fuck Ralph, fuck Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, Ralph's not the only one who spoils shit. No, yeah, but he's only the first one to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only remember the first one. He always the first one. <laughs> All right, so Big Hero 6, what did we think overall? Overall, overall, I enjoyed the movie. Um, like I said, I mean, it had its plot points that were a little bit hazy at best. Okay. Um, but I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I had a good laugh. Um, I didn't get as sentimental, I think, as they thought that they were going to get in the movie. But I, you know, I appreciated what they were trying to do anyway. They got me. Oh, they, they, they got me. Yeah, it was you a couple. Cry of th- like a baby. I do. Day. I can't even lie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that lady can't get the stain out of her dress. No. Try Calgon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I was telling RT Square on the ride over that um, while I was watching the movie, and I think one of the things you're going to bring up is that it was very formulaic in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And when I saw that hero, you know, the main character, and Tagashi, his brother, are really, really close, though I liked the relationship, I was like, oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah. He's fucking gone. He's dead. So, so even though I knew that was happening. So what the cap is saying that if uh, uh, if two brothers have a good relationship, one is older, eventually one is gonna die. Well, let's put it this way: the whole fifth, the first fifteen minutes are all about the brother and taking him to the school and and you know having him you know having him meet meet um, the people that he's working with. He wants him to go to college. All this positive stuff. There was either two ways it could have ended up: number one, the brother was gonna die, or number two, the brother was gonna be the enemy. Right. I mean, yeah, well, it could have went for, one of those two ways. Well, well, in formula movies, yes, that's the only way it works. Which you can, you hope that it's not going to be a formula movie. But it was really weird that that's like his his brother. You know, he and his brother were like the best of buds. Da 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 da. But evidently, his brother has never been to where he works in the university. Has yep. literally no idea what his brother has been doing mm-hmm. in the slightest. You know, and weirdly enough, his brother also must be some kind of a computer or, or robotics genius as well. But and then he, he well. He's smart, but not a prodigy like his brother. Right, right. He wouldn't be a prodigy, but he's definitely, you know, because that's like a genius lab kind yeah. of a thing. But also what got me is I'm like, okay, so you established right away that his brother graduated high school at 13. Mm-hmm. So this is a forward-thinking lab. Wouldn't they have recruited his brother right away? Right. Like, like, so it was this whole world that, like, his brother's never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just, it was such well, a weird premise in the beginning that it, again, it didn't ruin the movie by any means. I did enjoy the movie. It just, it pulled me out because it was just bad, lazy writing. You Listen, know? when you're raking in the money, hustling, you know, at, at bot fights, right. you'd really care about college. No, but it wasn't, but think about it. If you are, are a, a robotics prodigy, you're an expert. That means you have to be reading a book. Like, for instance, he knew exactly who the professor was. Yeah. So you don't know where he worked. Like, it was just one of these things. It's like you would know everything. Because, I mean, especially Listen, at that age, you read everything when you're into something. The first you know? rule in bot making, you got to know where your parts come from. So that's how we knew because the guy, the the doctor, invented the gyros in his robot. Right. And the second rule is don't talk about Fight Club. I was just going to say, oh, you beat me to the joke. <laughs> what, what I was going to Oh wow, we're we're really using this up today. I guess if we don't. I guess if we don't have a guest. We use it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rob's got to behave in front of company and shit. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Um, what I was actually gonna say was, um, in writing, that could have been easily solved by saying, you know, the brother talked about, let me take you to my college, and the uh, and hero saying, you're always trying to take me. I'm not. I, I'm right. not interested. I don't want to go. Exactly. You guys keep. They, just stop bothering me. Right. Well, actually, if you. Uh, he actually tricked them into going to the college. Right. No, no, no. But what we're saying is that the way you solve the whole idea of, well, if he's a genius, why didn't the college, you know, look see, seek him out? Yeah. You could easily solve that by just a line in there well, saying. If, if you remember, he did call it his, his nerd 
um, some something's like nerd college or whatever. Right. Well, that, well, like I said, the whole problem is that I can't. That's why I said before, like I can't believe the brother never talked to him about what they do because, of course, now the moment he sees it, it's like, well, yeah, you would naturally fit in here. Like, you know, it was just like I said, it was a small thing. It just yeah, was it like, was just an odd setup to to make it explain why no one knew about him or or whatever or that, that he needed to try hard or something. You know? And that didn't bother me so much. You know, bother me so much. Nobody explained how San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco became San Francisco. I don't. It's, know. it's an alternate, like right. Reality. I, I don't think. Yeah, it's, but, I don't but think they it never became, explained that. Right. No. What I'm they saying. They don't have though, to explain it. Right. They don't have to explain it, no. it because it, it could just say in the future. Because look how it's it, not the future. It's an alternate world. But how do you know it's an alternate? Well, world? No. 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 How about this way? It would just be like Whoville. Does it exist? Well, if Doctor Seuss says it does, it does. This movie is not based in reality. It's. They just said you're at San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. But I, I guess because my issue is because when you talk about something like like Whoville. Whoville is su- is such a fictitious town that it's built around it being fictitious. You're talking about the Golden Gate Bridge and all these things that are representative of a real. Right. So so it's like okay, well it's San Francisco, it's it's San Francisco, you know, which is you know um uh, you know merge of San Francisco and Tokyo. I, it made me think about oh well then what happened? You have to explain. Oh, see, it, I didn't. I because again I've never read Big Hero Six or ever concerned myself. So to me, literally, if you tell me the name of the town is San Francisco. That's the name of the town. Like that's yeah. it didn't because again they didn't say this was the world as we know it. Yeah, and but know. it didn't say it either. You know what I'm saying? Like right, but the fact that it wasn't said one way or another means whatever you tell me, I have to accept it now. Yeah, you know? yeah. I yeah. think I, I think Horton would disagree with you about Whoville being fictional. He heard them. Right? <laughs> oh goodness, Horton heard them. <laughs> and I never he likes I've, to listen. I've never even <laughs> seen that movie either. So you never read Gasp. the book? Like when I was like five, six. You know what happened? Wow. You still reading it now, Mike? <laughs> I would if it was here. I love Dr. Seuss. You know what happened? One oh. fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. He heard about green eggs and ham, and then he's like, you know, that just doesn't look right. Actually, <laughs> as, actually as a kid, I always wanted green eggs and ham, even though that sounds disgusting. Oh, I've had green eggs and ham. I've had actually green eggs, uh, blue ham, green pancakes, and purple milk. It's really weird. Like we, What? We food colored everything one day uh, as a group. We were in college, so... It was just really weird, like the the idea of foods being colors that they shouldn't be at all, and trying to eat them. It was a very weird experience. It didn't oh. taste; they didn't taste any different. It was just a mental. How, how your yeah. brain kind of exactly. Yeah. That sounds like a unicorn threw up in the batter or something. Yeah, pretty much. In the <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a unicorn I'm throwing up. <laughs> okay, so I mean, but I, what, going back to what I was saying about um, what I was go- about Hiro and Tagashi, I, I here's one thing I do like. I like the fact that Disney has been pushing the limits a little bit in regards to relationships. In Maleficent, the love story, not the love story, but the what, what woke her up was true love's kiss. It didn't say a romantic true love's kiss. It can mean love of a mother or a pseudo-mother right. to a daughter. Well, this is love of any one person to another. Yeah. I mean, that's true love. They did that in Once Upon a Time. Ah. <sighs> They did that first. Well, well, hello Disney. Hello Disney. <laughs> Disney runs once upon a time. But I'm saying Disney in general yeah. does this. Yeah, Maleficent. We can even go as far back as Lilo and Stitch, where you have, you know, um, you don't have the, the typical nuclear family. You had the, the older sister, you know, raising the, the younger sister, and there was nobody else. Right. And in this story, you have you know Hiro and Tagashi, and they've been adopted by their aunt. Right. You know, so so I like the fact that they're having nuclear families that are not. Your typical nuclear families, because I feel like it, I don't know, it just makes the stories a little bit more interesting, and it's not your whole home run of the mill kind of story. So, right. well, they haven't had that in a while. I mean, if you ever think about it, the Disney, because of what Disney um, sports for most of its fame, it, it most of their stuff isn't nuclear families. Cinderella, Snow White, 
when uh, <laughs> you know, like all their tails, it's just it just doesn't work that way. So when the family gets nuclear, is there more of a chance for it to explode? He had his finger on the fucking thumb before he finished the punchline. You should not be that confident about a joke. He was like this, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. You know they can't see when you're doing that. <laughs> I just realized that after I did it. It's like Ralph doing the jerk off thing. Nobody saw it, nope. <laughs> so nobody thinks it happened. <laughs> All right, so I'm. I mean, I, I like I like those aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I did get a little bit lost with the the San Francisco thing, not lost, but just it, it distracted me a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, how do we feel about when he came to the you know to the nerd school and saw all the characters that were in play? I mean, I, 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 that it, was fun. I mean, again, it, they were fun. You know, it's it just it was very standard. They were a very standard group of people. You know, you got to have the complete dits. You know, you, you have to have the conservative person. The rebel. You have to have the rebel slash angry person. You know it. It was just, you know, and, and then and then some whacked out person, you know. And then like, the okay. black guy. Well, he was the conservative guy. No, was, but I'm saying <laughs> that, that's the other quota. Right. We could merge them well, too. Well, think about it. You had the extremely white girl, the white hippie. You had the black guy and you had the Asian woman. I mean, you, you pretty much hit them all. You yeah. know? Native Americans don't count. Or Puerto Ricans. <laughs> well, or that never ever did. Oh, Dominicans, I don't even know they exist. Are they real? <laughs> Are they like leprechauns? Actually, Fred was Dominican. <laughs> Was he? Freddie, yeah, all right. <laughs> Wasn't that funny when it turns out that he's just like the super rich guy? Yeah. They're like, well. what are you doing, Fred? Oh, this is my house. But you do realize. Stop joking around, Fred. Right. But you do realize that that's exactly what um, is up with Shaggy. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it, it was. It was like so. When we saw that he was rich, I was like, so he really just is Shaggy without Scooby Doo. In my in my head, I, uh, it's funny. It's funny that you say that. I was watching it because the way they animate Fred, he looks very much like Shaggy. I thought about. I thought about him being like Shaggy and I'm like, oh, well, maybe Shaggy's rich. He owns the mystery machine. Hold on. That makes sense because when Scooby-Doo had his other adventures with Scooby, Scrappy, and Shaggy, Uh, they still had the mystery machine. And and what about Daphne? Oh, she was in once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, well, we gotta have, we gotta. I won't say that thing. There was, (laughs) I won't say that. There was one where um, it's like Scooby-Doo kids or something where they're younger. Oh yeah. And they go into Scooby-Doo's doghouse. His doghouse is apparently like an underground mansion or something. <laughs> and they see him. You see him go inside, right? And then he's like wearing a, a smoking jacket, right? And then um, everything's like all clean and everything. And then he he sees like uh, some like goop on his phone, and you see him like like cleaning it methodically. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> can't have dirt in my house. So that's what Scooby's like when he's not high. Yeah, <laughs> when he's not high. All right. <laughs> um, how do we feel about um? Oh, I, I, I'll say this. When you heard Callahan's voice for the first time, did you not think it was Liam Neeson? A little bit. I guess so. I mean, I didn't think about one way or another, really, but I'm trying to think back now. I guess a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it, it was kind of looked like him, too. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, it might be Liam Neeson. And um, it's funny because when I'm sitting next to Mike throughout the whole movie, he's calling out things like, oh, what a surprise. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Yeah, that, that movie, it was just so, it was so by the numbers that I'm like, yeah, I know what happened here. I know what happened. I, I knew who the bad guy was the moment there was an explosion. I knew exactly where the story was. <laughs> you know, well, it's funny. And then, and then once they showed how that um, teleportation machine broke, I knew exactly who she was, and I knew what the reasoning was for this whole. I thing. didn't know who she immediately. I, I didn't know who she was immediately. I, I knew that there was something to do with with um, the villain and the and the person they put into the time warp machine or right. the. The wormhole, or, or like um, Jazz kept saying, Stargate. It just called it Stargate. <laughs> it really was. He didn't even try. Jazz, 
Jazz just went up like three levels in coolness. <laughs> so he's, he's like yelling it out like, it's Stargate. Why don't you just call it? I don't know if it was Tourette's or he was telling me, but he was just like saying it out loud. <laughs> just call it Stargate, damn it. But it, well, I mean, like they didn't even try and hide it. I mean, the, the only thing, they, they just, you know, missed having the whole cast walk on. You know, like, <laughs> Kurt Russell, it, it come on. Yeah, it wasn't like it was just like, oh, that reminds me of Stargate. Nope. Same effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, "Wow, is it, is it is it their property?" I mean, I was, I mean, not that anyone could sue over that idea, but I mean, like, is it is it a Disney, Disney owned property? It might, it might be Disney owned. Stargate. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. We'll have to look that but, up during the break. But just like when you think about it, anyway, when you're starting up a wormhole, there's not that many ways you can have it start. It has to come from the edges in, right? You but can't I mean, have it, it from the from no, the inner out, right? But it could have just turned all black. You know, what I mean, it, they could have done any. I mean, that's the imagination I, part. I bet you, you would know? love it if it was all black, huh? Oh, all black, all then day, things every would day. get done. <laughs> <laughs> then things would get done. <laughs> it's all black, and it seems endless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just can't believe I heard that. <laughs> Try and grab onto it. I can't get my hands around it <laughs> or my mouth. <laughs> you're just like on a roll today. I'm telling you, no company. You're free with the button, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how do we? I mean, we still haven't got to Betamax. We'll get to him in a second. Betamax, 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 Betamax is what you used to watch. <laughs> watch what? Huh? Is what Anything you used on. to watch? I, I, I was waiting for him to like finish that sentence. Oh. You to watch? You know, watch. You watch? Yeah, Robotech. <laughs> <laughs> I wish all of Robotech was only available on Beta. <laughs> I mean, I, no one can watch it ever again. Shut up. <laughs> or until Laserdisc. That, until that one person who finds a Laserdisc or a Betamax player, and then they uh, convert it digitally, and then you see the cap over here going crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, once they announce they found that Betamax, people they would get shot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you done torturing me? Damn. <laughs> All right. But, but what was interesting about this movie, besides the, I mean, Betamax, I really thought was going to be a lot more lame. I didn't know what, because again, I had no opinion of what it was going to be. Uh, he turned out to be really fun. Yeah, yeah he, you know. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I remember from the previews, and of course, obviously, going back to something MFG says, you know, you're going, and obviously what a lot of people say, you can't tell a lot from previews. Right. But it, the previews they gave for the original um, Big Hero 6, um, the, the teasers, it, I felt like Baymax was just going to be dumb. Right. Like he was going to be a dumb robot. Not that he was just, you know, a, a robot, robot with a heart of gold. Yes, and, and able to heal people and all that stuff. And a, a carbon fiber skeleton yeah. that allows him to pick up over three tons. And vinyl that evidently doesn't pop. Yeah. Well, Easy. It well, it did pop. I, well, no, it, 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 it deflates once, but I'm like, he takes a lot of hit for vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Some strong vinyl, man. Yeah, you know, I want to see somebody jump off of a building and land onto a beanbag, inflatable beanbag type vinyl chair or whatever, and see what <laughs> happens to it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm, no, but he looked really great, and I thought they did a good job of um, giving us a, a very unique looking, you know, robot for a change. You know, he wasn't standard. He wasn't like the, the Japanese anime type robot. He wasn't, he wasn't anything you usually see. I bet I know a part where the cap started crying. Go for it. When when uh, when Baymax is like Takashi here, and then he shows the videos of, of Takashi. I can't even lie. I got a little till jerky. Started there, yeah. crying there, right? Yeah, because but uh-huh. you know, it's funny. All her with. <laughs> <laughs> Please, <laughs> but in all honesty, though, he actually started crying uh, earlier than that. It was when uh, he just said, "I'll take a large icy," and they were oh. like, "We're out. <laughs> we're out." <laughs> Speaking of which, and I'm and I'm gonna say this: How did you guys feel about the action? Did you feel like it was by the um, color by the numbers kind of action? Because I felt, and I was telling MFG this before, 
I didn't get enough sleep the, the night before. Um, I was helping mom with a chore, and I came to the movie. We went for the early bird special. And I'm like, all right, I'll be able to stay awake. All of a sudden, I'm starting to fade. I had a um, I had a bag of Reese's Pieces that I ate probably right before the first 10 minutes of Reese's Pieces. Of course, the black guy doing E.T. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> Wouldn't either of you feel more comfortable being an alien? <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Oh, goodness. But. What I was saying was that I had the Reese's Pieces, and I guess I ate it all in one shot. Mm-hmm. And by the middle of the movie, when the action was starting to pick up, <laughs> and I thought I was sleeping, but I was fading. And I'm like, is is the action just kind of like predictable and not that interesting, it or was. am I just fading? It was. I mean, it, okay. It, oh, so I was. So I was. No, I mean, it's, again, it's just like it's every movie, every cartoon you see anymore, every action, live action movie, even you see, you get the. Hero has a problem, you know, they have to, if it's going to be a suit or whatever, or a team that's got to be put together, then the team has to go out on not a real mission, but something that gives us a demonstration of their powers. And if it's a comedy, it'll be humorous. Then they'll get into a light action sequence, maybe with the villain, maybe not. Then they'll have to come back around for another play, probably be defeated. And then, boom, you get the end. You know, like, it's very formulaic. And the action, again, the the animation was wonderful. I mean, it was, but it was typical animation, I mean, that you expect. Um, but it was really well done. The colors were really good. Um, the action was fun, but it it didn't set any records. It was I, nothing different. I enjoyed know? the montage. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that was a cool montage where he's giving oh, them oh. their like their mm-hmm. powers, where right. they were applying their what their all their experiments to their powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It was pretty cool. Right. And it, but of course, even in the montage, what do you have to get? Especially if, if it's a comedy. Well, then if it's a comedy, the montage is here's something I'm developing. Oh, it went wrong humorously. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time we'll see you, it'll be better, and you know, and you get that, and you get it for each member. You know, and what was the name of the butler? Uh, what was the butler's? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't I was, remember. I didn't pay attention. He was funny. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he was actually really funny. <laughs> he didn't say much of anything, but yeah. the look he had on his face after they kept trying to take the mask off his face—it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> the look of the villain was cool. I just wish I just yeah. wish it was a real villain. Yeah. Well, he was a real villain. I mean, he was, I mean, he, I mean, he was, he was trying. Villain, he, but he made destruction. and He tried to kill them. Like. That's what I thought. That is what I thought was odd, for the kind of movie that it was. Since it definitely was much more of a family movie. I mean, I didn't expect Scooby Doo level of villain really not trying to attack. But but once we find out what his motivations were, he went way overboard. I mean, he literally tried to kill them. He didn't try and stop them. He didn't try to push them away. He was trying to murder them all the way up until the end. Yeah. Like, and that I did find off-putting, not because children won't be able to understand it or it's too graphic. I can't speak for children. I don't know the mind of children, especially in today's world. But I just thought from storytelling point of view, you've given me such a, you know, you know, 10 steps ahead of a Scooby-Doo movie, you know, um, by, you know, its its level of artwork and et cetera. But, you know, it is still like a Scooby-Doo adventure, but yet you, you literally had someone trying to murder yeah. these kids and right. I was like that shocked me my question is why didn't he he got the portal all together and everything why didn't he just you know think maybe my daughter's still alive in there maybe I should you know use these nanobots to try to help her again well we didn't have I mean I think they may have mentioned but I don't remember the amount of time it's supposed to be so I mean reasonably so he probably didn't realize that the reason of why she's still alive Maybe he just didn't realize that the equipment would have done that. I mean, you know, I don't know how involved he was with, you know, her part of it, you know, so. Yeah. And then and other things. Um, so Hero built these nanobots, right? right? Microbots. Microbots. My bad. Sorry. So he built these microbots um, and then he built the, the way to control them. When he sees them in action the first time that he gets chased, mm-hmm. 
Wouldn't he think to let me go back to my lab and build a new controller that will override the guy's signal? I, I kept thinking the same thing. Right? I, I really did. But I was just like, I'll let it go. It was just one of the, again, it was that storytelling part where I just said, Mike, let I'm it go. good. Yeah. yeah. Let it go. Let it go. What? <laughs> I'm singing Frozen. <laughs> no, I mean, really, it was. I mean, the, the moment he walked in and saw all those microbots there, and then they, the first time they were attacked, I'm like, why doesn't he just build another machine to take him over? But I'm like, eh, I'll just let it be. <laughs> or, or build <laughs> you know? more microbots. You know, granted, he probably wouldn't have a lot, but he could probably make them different, make them stronger right. or something. Or something. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was just, again, like I said, I just left it where it was. I'm like, okay, we you know, it's that kind of adventure, you know. Because I mean, all the power that the guy had right there just with, with the amount of microbots he created. Right. Hero, oh, yeah. Hero would have been unstoppable. He'd have been like, listen, I got more than you. Just stop right there. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Um, I mean, I. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was about to say when you when you said hero again, the name reminded me. So you had hero, you had um, Tadashi, and you had Cass, which is the aunt. Mm-hmm. Now, hero was sketchy at times. Tadashi definitely Asian. Cass, a hundred percent American, but yet her last name was also Hamada. Yeah. Why weren't they Asian looking? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, again, like I said, from the comic, everyone is Japanese there, right. except for well, I think Honey Lemon, I think wasn't. But I mean, it was just, it was so... She married into the family. I suppose, and that's fine too, but it was just, it was that whole like, they're Asian-ish, wink, wink. Like, like it was almost like we're, we're trying to pander to all of America so that, like, if you don't like Asians, we don't want you not to watch the film. As you're so, you know, no, I, I didn't like, in other words, it would just, it would be like, for instance, if, um, even watched. though I didn't, I didn't, right, it's not like I, I didn't see Princess and the Frog. No reason, I just haven't seen it. But it would be like if they just made her like milky, milky, you know, like like a hint of coffee to her skin and was like, she's black, but she doesn't really look black, so no one will be offended. You know what I mean? Right. They went there. She was black. She obviously looked, she was dark skinned. Yeah. It's like they're Asian. If that was the case, they should have just called him like Hero Jones. And that would have been fine, really. Yeah, right. As much as I'm making fun, because then you would have gotten the idea of, okay, with the name of Hero, he must have some kind of an Asian ancestry, but with the last name of Jones, he's American. But the fact that you're giving me Hamada, it's like well, the one that I mean, the, where that came to play also is when I was watching him with the group, and you had the school, the, the skinny hippie chick, mm-hmm. pronouncing Hiro Tagashi like she's Japanese. Yeah, and that was I was about to say, did anyone else know that? Because it yeah. kept every time she would say, but, but every, Hiro, and right, like, everyone else was like Hiro, Hiro, and she's like Hiro, and I'm like, what the? <laughs> I felt I, once again bringing it back to you know that's why I wanted San Francisco explained you know was it that Tokyo took over no here's what happened it's, you know how oh anytime Ralph says here's what's happened here it goes it right. involves a tank <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know how way back when in the starting of California there was also uh, a lot of an Asian presence because you know so they're saying that there's a larger Asian presence and that's what happened. Yeah, but they changed the uh, a city name. I don't want to. I don't want to hang on to this anymore. Once again, I don't think they changed the name. I think the name of the city is just San Francisco. <laughs> Get over it. I, no, I will not. Uh, I'm like Mike uh, today. I'm Mike. I, no, it's Mike cooler. never not gets over it. You're not getting over it. <laughs> with, with all those um, balloons in the sky and then the the, the Japanese gateways, those things were awesome. Mm-hmm. And the, the, just the architecture around the city. Oh no, it was, it was, it was yeah, fantastic it was cool. looking. It was definitely. Definitely really cool looking. Um, yeah, but no, like I said, so I stop hating. Yeah, so like I said, I just I just thought it was just odd that the uh, yeah that the Asian <laughs> characters just felt so whitewashed. I mean, again, like I said, Asian Americans fine, but it was just to the point that it looked like they were like, oh, we had made white characters. They're supposed to be Asian. Let's just modify it slightly. <laughs> right. Well, there's at least a positive. There was no Alcatraz. Instead of a prison, it was a a testing site for the government. 
True. Right? Interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, you know, that was my, that was a uh, thing I just uh, found kind of interesting on that one. Here's, a, here's another thing I realized. There was no romantic interest. Not really. Well, what do you mean not really? I mean, there was no, there was romantic. I mean, even if they would have, I mean, they hinted like Tagashi was talking to one of the girls in the lab. Hinted, but even besides yeah, that, but they're hint, not the stars. So a romantic interest with yeah. any of them wouldn't have been important. What do you, know? you, what do you call the love between Hero and Baymax? The yeah. bromance. I, I love. <laughs> I, I love that shall not be me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean it's it, it's again because you're dealing with kids and and also your star is a child. It's you know it's why muddle up the waters because it, then otherwise now you're gonna have to get in because that that'll be a part two. If if he's still the same age in a part two, then then he will meet a 14 year old genius that's a girl. Yeah. You know he will 100. Yeah. percent If there's a second, or, or you you'll see the rebel like. Kind of like no. This is not Natalie Portman with <laughs> <laughs> with young young Attican Skywalker. There. Oh my god! No, 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 no. I'm like, 14. What did you say? You are eight? Mm. No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> she doesn't necessarily have to be a genius. She could just be like a normal kid who like right. But either way, but I mean, there'll be a 14 year old. Right. I see what you're saying. But, but I was just very surprised that they, 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 even within the supporting cast, because I understand with a with yeah. a 14 year old, it's hard to push that agenda. But even when they have like other movies before where you have the star. Being somebody who's young, you still have romantic interest. Annie, for example, right? You know, you, Annie didn't have the romantic interest, but until Mr. Warbuck showed no. up. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Okay. No, but I'm, but I'm saying I was very surprised they, they didn't go there with that. No, I think I think again, in my opinion, my- and I'm glad they didn't, only because it would have been too much of a story. I think that was just the point. You already had the whole story of I had to set up the love between the two brothers. I had to then deal with. The death of a brother. I now had to deal with the grieving of that. It throwing a love interest in there would have shortened the grieving process because you know then it would have been like you're not but, spending time with me. But I'm, but I'm not saying with hero. I'm saying well maybe like with one of the supporting like like there was no love interest anywhere. Well that's why. But that's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. I think that's because like I said the other characters it just wasn't important. Oh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean it's just again why unless you told me that two of the members of the supporting cast were already dating. Right. Fine. But then again. Movie part two, for instance, I can easily see Fred wanting to meet up with Honey Lemon, but he doesn't know how to talk to her. Like, I can see that already being the play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Wasabi, of course. And, and well, he's going to have a surprise with Gogo Tamago. But uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry, kidding. I don't know if she's a lesbian or not. Um, <laughs> oh, she, she came off very, very, very lesbian. I, I don't know if she's a lesbian or not with her short haircut and her only dealing with bikes and motorcycles. And <laughs> you know. So lesbians only deal with bikes, bikes and motorcycles. Okay. Oh, okay. And fixing the play stages and doing all the construction work. We all know it. <laughs> I'm only kidding out there. Damn. So, I'm kidding out there. You guys know that. But um, no, I'm just saying like, you know, so you they do know, pair it up. The views of Mike oh. Finance Guy are not reflected upon by Cap and Ralph. They don't reflect upon anything I say. That's why they're so damn dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying? No, um, I, you know, so I, I could easily see that again in a part two to have, because then in a part two, it'll be all about like a love story. Like in other words, will Fred and Honey Lemon get together? Will Wasabi and, and Gogo get together? And what about Hiro with his new so-and-so? And where does Baymax fit in? He feels a little left out. Or if there's a third one, there'll be another robot. And it'll be a female version of Baymax. And that'll be his love. Have we not seen it already? We yeah. call that Ice Age. One, two, and three. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Wow. <laughs> bitter. Well, the studio audience... I'm bitter about number three? Yes. <laughs> Apparently, the studio audience agrees with Mike. <laughs> I guess so. Um, it, uh, are there any... What, after, at the end, when they resolved everything, because I don't want to give away too much, even though we announced spoilers. Everyone dies. 
Except and there's payments. a tank. And the zombies take over. And destroy all tanks. <laughs> no! How, how do you feel about the way the movie ended? Because I felt like it was... It, it started off kind of fun. The brother dies. Spoilers. Um, and then they go into trying to you know create this team. And it was interesting. But then I feel like it got kind of dull. Mm-hmm. And not dull, not it wasn't boring, but it was just, it was it was just kind of it plateaued a little bit, right? And then when it got to the climax, it didn't climax as much as I thought it would. You had the you false, heard that you had the false climax, and then you had the actual climax, like you had where you thought the movie was going to end, right? You know when they thought they beat the villain, and then when they realized that they could save that person in the wormhole, then that was like the real climax because then you have Baymax and Hero going in. Right. And realize they might not be able to get out. Aren't yeah. you used to expecting a large climax but only getting a small one? I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um it again, it was very Disney ish. You know what I mean? Like not meaning that Disney movies um fail on, on the uh the highlights of their, their, their endings. I don't mean that. It's just that it was it was uplifting. I actually think the extreme ending was unnecessary. Just one of those things. It's you know, it, let's put it this way: with all the people that they ended up bringing back, then his brother should have just lived. I mean, like he he should have also fallen into a dimension somehow and then fire. I mean, it was just I one of those. I actually thought his brother was going to be the villain. I really was hoping so. Oh, I, I like I said, I knew exactly what happened the moment it happened. <laughs> you never know if because because of all the inventions. That's what I'm. That's that what I'm trying in, to say. In exactly. the center, that you, like in the second movie, it turns, me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He comes out out of nowhere or something. Like yeah. Reconstituted or time traveled or something yeah i mean like, like it wouldn't have surprised me had they like showed more of the um science inventions mm-hmm. at that and one of them had something to do with either disappearing or dimensional to guarantee you that would have been a device that they would have brought him back because that's the kind of movie it felt like it should have been or so like that's why two inventions interacting with each other right. or something somehow did something but um that's why i just felt that the the way the final part went just kind of was unnecessary I, I would just be happy with them fighting the villain and being done very much like an incredibles yeah because i saw right, all okay. i want in other words i i really wouldn't have minded in fact so much if they wanted to have that same saving then they should have had the saving and then the villain destruction i think it should have gone in that order okay if, you know. if, if in futurama you can have time travel with a microwave popcorn and uh, a solar wave mm-hmm. then you can save the brother you know, with some technology there. The MacGyver of Futurama. That's right. <laughs> of course, Futurama gets some, some kind of shout out of this. All right, gentlemen, <laughs> any final thoughts before we go into ratings? Hmm. I, I think I can go for some ice cream. Oh, you mean about the movie? About the movie. Oh, I, I thought the movie was very good. Yes. And by the way, Ralph, your final thought will be, why does Mike have a gun at me? <laughs> That'll be actually your final thought. Just letting you know. <laughs> I, I'll say one thing. It was beautiful. Color, color-wise, it was beautiful. Oh, it was very well. It, the colors were well done. It, it was nothing that, that it wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. Yeah. Right. And I'll add this. Um, on top of that, um, the, 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 the video, the short was actually really interesting. Which short? The, the short they gave before the movie. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, uh, the feast. Uh, yeah, the feast. feast. Yeah, that was actually cute. Again, it also failed to properly pull on my t- uh, the heartstrings. Like it, it tried, but it got muddled somewhere in it. But it was a really cute short feature. It, it was definitely really cute. Really yeah. beautiful. I done. think maybe it was a little bit too long. I think that's why it yeah. failed for me. It, it I, went that, on a little bit longer than it should have. Yeah, and sure. also that that damn dog never aged. And like, the dog didn't it, gain it, weight either. Really, right. well, the way I, I left it be, but. It didn't age like I mean like since we were following through his life, then I wanted the dog to get older because that then probably would have tugged on my heartstrings a lot more, you know. Yeah, 
<laughs> but chasing after that girl, if he would have aged, he would have never caught her. <laughs> <laughs> and a dog died. And it died. Oh, my God. <laughs> credits that, roll, credits that, roll, credits that roll. That kid in front of us would have been bawling. <laughs> <laughs> and, then the scene, and, then, and then you know how the beginning credits, but they have Mickey, Steamboat Willie, doing the whole, um, you know, he's on the ship whistling. Right. At the end of the credits, if the dog died, he'd be just whistling taps. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, he's whistling while he's digging a, he's digging a six by six grave. <laughs> Whistle while you work. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Jack. <laughs> Ratings for Disney's movie Big Hero 6. I'll start it off. I'm going to give it seven and a half. I thought the brother was going to come back out of ten. I really felt like the, um, I would have given it an eight if it would have ended differently or if the middle would have been a little bit more... Um, how can I say? Um, if the middle was definitely a little bit more exciting and, and didn't feel like it plateaued. So okay. I, I give seven and a half. I feel like, you know, be- visually it's beautiful, but story kind of felt a little flat. MFG? Uh, let's see. I mostly agree with what you said, but I give it a rating eight. I wear them front. I wear them back. I go inside out. Then I go front and back. Out of ten, <laughs> <laughs> forgot about the disgusting line. <laughs> That's how he wears his underwear. The hippie, the filthy hippie. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the rich right. filthy hippie. Yeah, exactly. Or the filthy rich hippie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ralph. I give it eight. Why didn't he just create something to control those microbots? Out of ten. Wow. I mean, are you serious? It was a great movie, but just I understand you want a story, but I thought it could have been better because then they could have. Gone, you know something, something else, right? You know? Or, or again, like I said, the fact that oh, actually, no, I don't want to give it away. It at some point maybe the villain should have been able to, let's say, for instance, gotten his plans, yeah. and then he could have said, he would have said, "Hey, I'll build another device." Oh shit, he right. stole my plans, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Just something, but I do agree, it it, it kind of faltered there. Yeah, um, are we going to via satellite? Sure. <laughs> Are, are we going to via satellite? I think we have a rating from somebody else. <laughs> All right. I guess we're not going to Blackberry. So we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, right after I tell Mike what cues he was supposed to do. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Mike, the finance guy. You spend time listening to me, Ralph, and the cap. Now we want to listen to you. Like us on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later and send us your comments and enjoy our content. Also, join us on Twitter at Meanwhile 22 and catch our website at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. But don't forget to download our podcast for free on iTunes and give us your review. Now, back to the show. Oh, I don't think so. Damn, I was trying to get him too. <laughs> right now, what, my, what, what do you think it works like? If the music goes on long enough, I go, oh, I guess I have to. No, I, no, 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 no. I thought you were going to look up like, what the hell? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> mic shelf's under construction, so right now we won't have a mic shelf, but we will go on to the second half of the show. Let me begin with the second half of the show by saying this. And I know Mike, thank you. And I know Mike um, went through the same kind of pain as well. I, you, not so much. And I'll explain why in a second. It's not the horror of hemorrhoids, is it? Because I didn't go through that. <laughs> hemorrhoids? Damn, okay. Um, I had something smart to say. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> I challenge that no. idea. <laughs> but I have something smart to say. Exactly. <laughs> Asshole. All right. Um, growing up, 
in the 1980s watching movies. Um, there was rarely a movie outside of Superman. There was rarely a movie that made you feel proud to be a geek. Anytime you looked at things, you know, that were had to do with superheroes, it wasn't really well done. It was done um, very, very weakly. Uh, I'm sorry, very um, poorly, very poorly. They they were done with not a lot, not a lot of um, effort or thought behind it. Or if anything, um, if you ever seen the trial of the Incredible Hulk, (laughs) 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 it it was done in such a matter where they didn't care about the comic book properties. Now, growing up in the '90s and and the 2000s, they've come up with so many movies that just made you feel really, really excited. And especially if you read that comic book. You'd feel like, wow, I knew that moment was coming. Or, oh, man, you know, they said that catchphrase or, you know, you, you I felt like um, you got a sense of pride, you know, inside of yourself. You're like, wow, I, I'm part of this group that likes this this property and people like it, too. I was there first. I was there first. Right. I, it's kind of the, one of the feelings I have. So now with a lot of movies coming out that are and especially the next couple of years, we're going to have plenty of movies that are going to be um, surrounded um, by comic book themes. So the question I'm asking the panel is, I wanted everybody to name three top moments in comic book movies. That one moment in a comic book movie where you felt so proud or so like excited that you wanted to suit up right there. It was that moment of the movie where you felt like, wow, I am so glad I'm here in this moment right now. Okay. So um, I guess I'll start. And, I'll, and I know people are going to say, wow, really? You picked this movie? But I remember watching this movie. Excuse me. I remember watching this movie and saying, "Bart Wire." <laughs> no, actually, Daredevil. <laughs> no, you fan. know it's Daredevil. It's not Daredevil. <laughs> it's not fucking Daredevil. Um, as he's deleting now. No. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I remember sitting in a movie and watching the Fantastic Four, and you know, there's parts of the movie that not are pre- the unreleased Fantastic Four. No, not, not, not the parts <laughs> by Roger Corman. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Fantastic Four movie in 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the part that made me feel, where, where you know where, where you feel your adrenaline pump, it wasn't even through the action sequence or when they fought Doom. The part that made me feel like you know like I wanted to suit up and be one of the Fantastic Four, the end when they're on the ship, and Johnny's talking to um Johnny's talking to, to Ben Grimm, mm-hmm. and it's like right out of the comic book. Um, he Ben goes, you know, you should stop, you know, bothering me. And Johnny goes, "Don't worry, call me Mr. Sensitive." And then he walks out, out through the crowd, and he goes, "Hey guys, wa- hey guys, watch out! Big load coming through. He's large." So he starts chasing the old Johnny, and he flies off into the air, and he makes the four right. in the night sky, and then he flies toward the toward the camera. That's probably the the, the one moment where I was like, "Man, I, I really love that book." Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it reminded me of all those great comic books and all the great cartoons that, that or I wouldn't say great, but all the memorable cartoons that they had with the Fantastic Four that made me love that book so much. Right, exactly. it, it brought the nostalgia up and made the goosebumps stand on, right. on end because obviously that movie, I don't know, the action was eh. I enjoyed the movie enough. It, but again, it's, it's like the Fantastic Four. It's why I don't read them. Oh, come on. Uh, one of the lines in that movie was Dr. Doom talking to, um, to Sue Richards. Sue... Let's not fight. No, let's. What? <laughs> That's your big fight scene? That's your big comeback? But that moment right there with Johnny Storm forming the four in the sky right. made me feel like, yeah, this is Fantastic Four. Sign me up. I'm part of that team. So that's, cool. that's my number three moment. Right. Ralph? My number three moment, I guess I would have to say, is Scott Pilgrim. Which part of Scott Pilgrim? That was a I want to hear you say Scott Pilgrim. 
<laughs> the very the final fight scene at the mm-hmm. end in, in the club. Oh yeah, right. that was just freaking epic. You know, after he when I guess you could say he respawns. Okay. You know? Oh yeah, and then it's like Scott's discovered the power of self love or something like that, <laughs> and then he pulls out the sword. That shit was just epic, that and then he starts good. fighting, kicking ass, and then um. What's the the girl's name? Ramona Flowers or, or yeah. the other one? The Asian girl. The Asian girl. Knives. Knives Chow. When, when they do the, the final uh, fight scene together, that was, was cool. Cause yeah, they, that was really good. The team up. And the thing I think about um, Scott Program that I love so much, it, it stuck close enough to the source material. Yeah. Okay. And they edited a lot of pieces. I mean, did you read Scott Pilgrim? Nope. I did. I did. It's, the whole movie covers the three comic books. Oh, wow. The three comic books? No, yeah. the eight. Eight. Is it's eight? eight books, bro. Really? I have them in my house. It's eight. Oh, you might have wow. read the condensed version where they put all of them together. Yeah, so it was only three for me. Right. So, um, but, I mean, the Scott Pilgrim number one was done in black and white. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, the, the art style um, for, and, and the... And the the cinematography style that 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 director chose for Scott Pilgrim, perfect, spot on. And mind you, I haven't seen that movie in a while, and I love that movie. Which I think I mean, that's a fun movie. When uh, when it came out in the theaters, I went with my friend. Me and him we were big like uh, movie buffs, where we we like to see how different directors you know tackle certain scenes, right? right. And just like the. They have more like direct cut scenes where it's not you don't have a transition. They just go from scene to scene, you know, like that. Like when Scott's walking down uh, the street because uh, he saw Envy, and then out of nowhere they're at a band at the the club. Mm-hmm. Next, you know, they're back at the house. You know, it's like it really jumps, and it was really cool the way they did that with the with that movie, and just like the, the visual effects alone were pretty cool, especially when they were fighting against the twins. Right, that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that was good. The visual effects were so, were cool, and also sometimes when they were hit, you would see the the the, the um the, the the noise sounds, the onomatopoeia, the yeah. crack, the bang. Right. It, it was very Batman esque, but it didn't. It wasn't a cutaway scene. It was part of the footage. Mm-hmm. I found that was really cool. I was like, okay, it, it, it's not taking itself too seriously. Right, you know, it's be, it's being fun, which is what the book is. The book is meant to be a teenage book about love and about and dating. It's six books, not eight. Ha. It wasn't three though. Whatever. Minimalist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's your number three. Yeah, that was, it was just cool when it came out on 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 TV. I kept on HBO. They would show it like every day, and I would watch Gosh. it every freaking day. Right? <laughs> I like I just couldn't. I, I could still. I bet you I'm gonna go home right now and go watch it. I bet you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta actually own that uh, that because even the soundtrack was really good on that. Yeah, the soundtrack was cool. All right, good job, Mike. What's your number three? Geekgasmic comic book moment. I don't have a number three moment. They're all number one moments for me. That's why I oh, picked them all. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to go down them chronologically. So my first, meaning the oldest one, is going to be Superman the movie, 1978, Richard oh. Donner. It's when Clark sees a helicopter about to fall from the Daily Planets onto the street. And, you know, you see him, like, looking around. And, of course, you get the classic moment where he goes for the phone booth. And it's just that short phone booth thing, you know. Yeah. So he gives it a dirty look. And then he's, uh, he has to figure out what to do. It's when he's walking across the street in traffic, and that's when he tugs on open his shirt, and you see the S. And right then is where it begins to start. You you hear the music is slowly building up all that time, and you see the S, and you're just like, oh my god, it's it's Clark about to turn. And then he he whips through the revolving doors, and he comes out as Superman. And it's great. First of all, this first time you see him as Superman, which is fantastic. He looks great, and. And as much as it's part of a comedy scene at that one particular moment, it's still, it's everything, everything about Superman in that one scene in general is everything to me that's wrong with the Man of Steel and, and, he's, and even uh, Superman Returns, etc. 
But even in this one line, and even though it was a line meant to be more of a part of a joke in itself, it also said volumes about the man himself. So that when he comes out after having turned in Superman, you know, changed his costume, there's what can only imagine it's this black guy, it's a pimp because it looks like he's got his hose next to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he was like, man, those are, like, you know, those are cool or killer threads or something like that. And Superman just quickly looks at him, but he's got his eyes on where he's got to go. Right. And he just raises a hand gently and with absolutely no hint of anger or, or you know, or frustration or anything he like, like that, he just says, excuse me. And he <laughs> flies off. And it's like, yeah, that is the man. I mean, it's all respect in that guy. I mean, the fact that he's basically, it wasn't like he just gave him a dirty look or was just like, you know. Or, or, or it was too funny. like Right, yeah. Or, or just that he wasn't even just like, you know, you know, these are hope or I mean like it wasn't anything it was just like he's a polite man but when he zips off to save the day and the the look on the crowd's faces that that awe I mean it was just an amazing moment the fact that you know when that came out that nothing had been done like that he looked so good flying but when he catches Lois and then he catches the helicopter when the crowd actually starts applauding him it, it was just everything you ever wanted to be. It It's like, I want to be a superhero. I want to save the day. It's not for the applause. And that's the thing, too. It, he didn't do it for the applause. He did it because it's the right thing to do. But it's just the people weren't afraid of him. Yeah. You know, like the same argument everyone makes for the Man of Steel. Well, he's an alien from another planet. It's like, you know, but why must we be afraid? I'm not saying there wouldn't be people that aren't going to be afraid of him. But it was just instead of him coming in and massively destroying things or, or a battle takes place where Superman has to level half the city block and now people are like I don't know if I like this guy or not right. it's like no he was a hero at that moment and everyone loved him immediately and it was just a great scene I, I feel those two movies just you felt such a, I mean especially with the the the, the, tr- the soundtrack created by oh who created the soundtrack for Superman he did Raiders of the Lost Ark and Elfman was it it wasn't Danny no, it Elfman was it was um Oh shoot! He did Star Wars as well. I can't remember. Anyway, um, his score right. for Superman made wonderful. you feel heroic. Yeah. with it, with the the grand orchestra and yeah. the, and the percussion playing, and especially when you hear the dun, 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 right. Well, that's what I'm saying. But as he's going to change, it's it's subtle, and then it starts to get louder. So, like literally, I just watched that clip. It's about John like Williams. A, John Williams, uh, thank yeah. you, sir. It's yes. like a couple of minutes. It's a little over two minutes of clip um, encompassing what I just said. And I was watching it last night again, and I really could feel the goosebumps on my arms. It was just fantastic. I'm, and I hadn't watched it in years. I'm going, wow, still? Even after all the modern movies and yeah. the CGI, I'm like, that movie just made me shiver again, seeing him become Superman. Yeah. My favorite one is when he, I mean, I think it's the Reeve. I, I think when, when he's, when he's, is it when he's grabbing the helicopter and he's grabbing Lois Lane or he catches Lois Lane and he goes, I got you. And, right. and she goes, you got me. Who's Who got you? you? you know, <laughs> right. And he just looks at her and kind of gives her a gentle smile. And then he looks up again and the helicopter starts to fall. And that's when he just grabs it. He grabs it at the base with one hand. Yeah. And then just flows off and everyone in the crowd is just just cheering like crazy. Oh my and goodness. It's, it's fantastic. It really it's, is. He looks at it and he's like, I got me. <laughs> I'm gonna get you later. That's called Superman Returns. I'm, I'm like, holding you. You'll be holding me later. My question is: How does like you know how like Clark you know runs through and then becomes Superman? Mm-hmm. Doesn't no one ever think it's weird that Clark never comes out, or the fact that the you know that the revolving doors move so freaking fast? 
that you know maybe they thought oh my god he got chopped into a million pieces by the revolving doors no everyone was looking at the helicopter no okay <laughs> well what about the people Except inside the, the what about the people inside the building i was gonna go into the into the into the revolving door yeah but, and all well, of a sudden it started moving fast well, uh, well actually to take away from the moment thank you both for taking away from a heroic <laughs> moment by the way but um I, oh you're welcome yeah I'm no, very but it's that. really funny if you watch a, a few minutes longer so like if you get a little bit before the scene um is officially in play the helicopter is falling off of the uh, Daily Planet's building. The police are out there. Everyone is out. Everyone is out there. Right. You know. So, but Clark and all these people are coming out of the of the Daily Planet building from a day's work. No one knows. And I'm like, you guys are the worst reporters ever. <laughs> like, like, because like, Clark did not realize until he. And that's the other thing too, by the way. So much for his super hearing. <laughs> because he had no idea what was going on until he walked outside. He sees the crowd looking up. So he turns around and looks up, and that's when he's like, oh. And I'm like, really? He, he turns it off. You know, like a hearing aid? He, he turns it off. Except for every else time she yells. <laughs> I fought, my father used to do that, God rest his soul. He, he had a hearing aid and he wouldn't hear me. I would, I would be talking to him, Dad, I need money. What? Dad, I need money. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Dad, I need money. Oh, I'm addressing. Now, he could be on the other side of the house. Another instance where I'm talking to a girl and I'm like, hey, you know. So maybe me and you should like go hang out later. You gotta be home later. What the <laughs> fuck out of here across the house? <laughs> so maybe Superman has that selected. Was, was, was it on the phone? <laughs> you were talking to her on the phone. It didn't matter. I don't know because he could probably you know tune his hearing aid to the frequency <laughs> of the phone. So my father was Superman. Okay, and hear your conversations. <laughs> but actually, I love that moment. That one was fantastic, especially because it, between the visual and how Christopher Reeve was, and especially the music. Oh yeah, the combination was fantastic. Oh yeah, it all really right. Is. On to our number two geekgasmic comic book movie moment. I'm going to go with Tim Burton's Batman, believe it or not. Um, though I don't believe it. Uh, whatever. Because <laughs> I know MFG hates Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, it was slow, but back in 19, Beautiful. 19, Beautiful, 19, yes. was, 1989, 1990. I was surprised Johnny Depp wasn't in it. <laughs> true. Yeah, definitely true. And I'm wondering if, if we look back and they say Johnny Depp wasn't supposed to play one of the characters. If not, that maybe the Joker. I don't know. Okay, I know Kevin Smith talked about, you know, back then when they didn't have, like, the same kind of, um, like, how we have websites that get scoop on things. He goes, you know, you didn't have it. You had Variety and you had, right. you know, a couple of magazines in, in Hollywood, but that was it. And I remember him talking about that they had other people they considered for um, the role of the Joker. It wouldn't have been Johnny Depp, that's for damn sure. <laughs> he would have been too young at that point. Yeah, I guess. But I was about to say, but I don't know. I mean, they hadn't been pairing yet by that point. Scissorhands. Scissorhands came out before Batman? If if not right after, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll check it. But what? But I yeah, mean, Scissor I know, Hands came out in the nineties. That's what I thought. I, okay. I thought it was in the nineties. That's why I'm like, you know, All right. yeah. Um, Burton's Batman. The and, one thing I love wasn't, the, that wasn't uh, Tim Burton, by the way. Burton. What do what, what, what we mean? Edward Scissorhands. That should have been a. Uh, that was Tim Burton. I yeah. thought that. Oh, you know which one I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the. Uh, I'm thinking of Hairspray. Hairspray. Oh no, no, because no, it was the hair. It was the hair thing. Oh, no, no, I was no, like, I'm like, no, that's right. That was John Waters. Not John Waters. Yeah. That's right. Which it felt like John Waters influenced. It did very much. Yeah, um, it was the look of the place. Yeah. No, no, but in Tim Burton's Batman, um, like I was trying to say, <laughs> well, get on with it. I'm trying. But don't let anyone interrupt you. <laughs> Why aren't you talking now? Why are you laughing? Mike, what Mike's, is wrong with this Mike's guy? Mike's a hater of Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> Mike is known to be a a, a, a big time hater of. Tim I can't Burton's hate Batman. a movie I fall asleep during. <laughs> Well, all the time. One thing I'll say is, in 89, that was the only movie, you know, I'm thinking about it, after Superman, I think you kind of brought this up last week, we were talking about, you know, how many superhero movies were out between 
the, the 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 early '80s after Star Wars and after Superman and Batman. There wasn't there wasn't any movies really. No, there were. They just weren't. They yeah. weren't no good movies. Right. So um, the the movie the, the the moment I'm talking about is at the end of Tim Burton's Batman um, when Vicky Vale is going into the limo from the press conference and Alfred opens the door for her and he goes, Mister Wayne says he'll be a little late. And I doubt he said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> is he slow? Yeah. He is. <laughs> Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And now we apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. We haven't apologized in a while. Um, <laughs> and then when Vicky Vale says, I- I'm not the least bit surprised, she goes into the limo. And then um, it's the musical score. That's Danny Elfman. Right. Danny Elfman does a score for that. And the, 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 the camera makes this shot of going up the building slowly and it speeds up more and more as you get higher and higher to the buildings of Gotham. And then finally, at the end, you see Michael Keaton as Batman in costume standing on the rooftop looking at the bat signal. Okay. I just remember feeling like, because, you know, the, mo- the, 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 the music reaches a crescendo. Mm-hmm. And, and you see, you know, I mean, the, the Joker's been defeated and all that other stuff. And just Batman standing there alone in black, not a light blue costume, mm-hmm. you know, looking at this bat signal, like ready to kick ass. I thought for me, I was like, yeah, where's Robin? And then they did it. <laughs> and then they created a Robin. Oh, you want to know? You got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they changed directors. I mean, I wonder if um, Tim Burton would have done it. Uh, well, he he directed Batman Returns. Batman Returns, but he didn't do Batman and Robin. Okay, no. Uh, he didn't do Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. Right. Which Batman both... Forever was when they introduced Robin. That yeah. gets very confusing with the names of those books. Right. Yeah. Uh, those, those movies, I didn't know that one. Batman and Robin is when you introduce Batgirl. Right. And fat, fucked that up. Fat Batgirl. She wasn't that fat. She was just boring. Oh wait a minute! Eva Mendes, Eva Mendes was is not that fat. No, uh, no, Alicia no. Silverstone was fucking swollen. Not in that movie. Not Are you Eva, serious? Eva, Eva Mendes, not in that movie. Eva <laughs> Mendes is like you know nine Batgirls now. <laughs> Dude, freaking Alicia Silverstone had to change the mask because she was fat. Her head was fat, and Her- that's the pot calling the kettle cap. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Hey, I, I, because because I'm chunkier, I can say that. And I'm not chunky. I'm just big bone. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone's heard that excuse before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not chunky. She's big bone. <laughs> Shit. But she's yeah. big bone all around the house. <laughs> but for me, to give Batman uh, um, the same feel like a Superman where you had a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, a great soundtrack. Is, I think it's funny. Kevin Smith even made fun of it the other day. He was talking about the fact that. 90s Batman had a really good soundtrack like you know you get dun, 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 you know like like you think about it he goes think about um Chris Nolan's Batman is there anything memorable about their songs or about no not really What's memorable about his Batman that's that's, that's your opinion <laughs> <laughs> that's your strong opinion very strong me and a lot it's really funny I realized like when I'm not even looking for it I'm looking for other things about other movies and a lot of people are like yeah I don't really like um, Nolan's Batman and I'm like so it's not just me and like they'll pick up the same things it's not that they're like we just don't like his Batman they'll come up with the reasons I'm like yeah that's my problem with it and it's really <laughs> weird I'm like okay as long as I'm not going crazy with this one because people look at me weirdly like I'm like said something against I don't know forces of the universe I'm like well, I think Nolan were, get over yourself because they, they were good movies people are like well it's a good movie and, and it brought Batman to the forefront why not why, why, why do you think his movie is bad out of all the franchises of the Batman the original Batman included you know Adam West in the in the mm-hmm. first Batman movie, um, Tim Burton's movies, Joe Joe Schumacher's two movies, and then now Nolan. Nolan's the best out of all of them. He's different. <laughs> <laughs> he's different. I mean, enjoy, I enjoyed Batman Begins, but yeah, he's different. Yes, <laughs> he's as different as Burton and Schumacher and whoever did the Adam West one. He's, he's... So, so in your opinion, there hasn't been a good Batman movie yet. 
there's been those that are better than others. Yeah, his Batman. You were just. He's, it's, Nolan is not Batman. Nolan is super cop. <laughs> That's what he is. He's, he's super cop. Super cop. <laughs> you know, and and they're fine super cop movies. You know, super cop. That's pretty funny. All right, um. starring Mumbles, the Cape Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what's your number two comic book moment? My number two comic book moment is a movie that was popular way before even Far East Movement started singing about it. Wait, popular? What did you just say? Popular comic book movie moment. I'm sorry, that's what. No, I no. Meant. What did you just say? It's a popular movie that was. Never mind. Oh, because <laughs> I didn't understand it. I'm like, he okay. said something about Far East Movement is a is a is band. a singing is a band, and they sing a song. One of their songs is Rocketeer. Yes. Okay. So I was talking about the Rocketeer. Thanks, Mike. Oh, I'm like, I did, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. What you just, I was like, what did he just say? Anyways, anyways before I was interrupted, go right ahead. The Rocketeers is a great movie. I, I love that movie. I, I saw that movie when I was. Let's see, it came out in '91. I, I saw it about '91. Wow. I was just born. I, I saw it in like when I was five years old. So it was a few years after that. <laughs> God, you're old. Yeah, but. When, when I saw it, it's just like the, the that was when I was first starting into get, getting into sci fi. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just the idea of a, a person with a jetpack flying around, oh, you yeah. know, becoming a superhero. Mm-hmm. And it's just a regular guy, you know, with a jetpack. Right. It, it was just so freaking awesome. And, and the helmet is just beautiful. Oh, yeah. The helmet was real nice. Oh, awesome. Well, it's, it's from an old, you know, look. It's got that old serial look and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's got that Art Deco quality. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a Disney movie, too, right? I think so. I believe so. Uh, but the thing about The Rocketeer that... that yeah, it's a Disney movie. Wait, when did that come out? You said 91? 91. Okay. You know, I'm going to admit something. I've seen parts of it. And, and what the heck? Oh. oh. I'm sorry. No. Is that better? Yeah. Sorry. I pressed mute by accident. Smart. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, one thing about The Rocketeer that's very um, interesting is that I've never seen the whole thing as a whole. I've seen parts of it, yeah. but I've never seen the whole thing together. And, and just oh, wow. the, the fact... Um, so it starts out with, uh, uh, was it Cliff? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Cliff, 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 Cliff. Whatever. His name's Cliff. <laughs> right. And he's a pilot, uh, and he's also a stunt pilot for shows, because back then they used to do these shows with stunt planes. And okay. He was one of those. So he, already he's brave. You know that. And then he witnesses uh, some monsters stuffing a sp- suspicious package. Okay. Say that again. Say it suspicious again. package. Yeah, you had problems saying yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that was the suspicious pronunciation. I've struggled with my asses. Right, let me alone. Wow, we're, we're changing identity today. I'm hating and Ralph is stuttering. <laughs> and I'm just wonderful. And, and he's watching TV, which now we're all changed. <laughs> yeah. Look oh, at my computer. His name's Cliff Secord. Okay. Right. So he finds this package and he opens it up and it turns out to be a jetpack. So it's it's um it's the mobsters going after him for the pack. Also, you got some Nazis involved, and the U.S. government who invented the pack. So okay, um, and within this whole thing, his girlfriend gets uh, involved in it. She gets taken by the Nazi actor who's hiding in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Which of course, you got you got to have that element in there too. <laughs> but just the the first time he um puts on the jetpack and flies up. And he has this like older kind of like father figure guy that helps him out, and he just he you see him flying in the sky, just that that one scene I was like oh my god, if, when I grow up I want to have my own jetpack. 
I, w- I will have a jetpack and I will become a superhero. You really wanted to get out of the Dominican Republic, didn't you? Yeah. Will you stop taking my jokes? Will you stop taking my jokes? Hey, you been there? Actually, the joke I was going to say know. was being that he's Dominican, that he's going to use a jetpack as a way to um, get some cab fares. <laughs> <laughs> or fly the bodega groceries back from home to, to like the store. Well, there is yeah. a point where he actually does move a car using a jetpack, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, he's, he's, he's being chased and um, his helmet's busted. So he, yes, he uses the helmet to steer. Right. So he can't fly without it. So his friend, his mentor comes, picks him up, but the engine won't start. So he's like, put it in neutral. And he's like, what? Put it in neutral and hang on. And you see him just go and he presses the jetpack button and he pushes the car forward. And you see the old guy, he's like, holy shit. His face is like about to do like the, the roller coaster thing when your mouth opens up. Right. Yeah, he's like, oh shit! He's really concentrated on making sure not to not to crash because the car's going so damn fast. Right. I don't That's think it's thing. only a roller coaster thing where your mouth opens. up. Whatever. <laughs> Just saying, it's not only for roller coasters. <laughs> it's for eating food too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm leaving that alone again. <laughs> a kind of gentler cap. <laughs> but yeah, and then there's also another scene where um, it's really beautiful where he's he. Um, he has lost the jetpack for a while, so he gets it back. Nazis are invading in on blimps, right? And he's going to he's looking for a clear area to to take off. Right. Um, he's standing right next to the American flag, and you just see him stand with his arms at his side, looking up, ready to to shoot up, right next to the American flag, and it just like makes you feel so fucking patriotic. Oh, yeah. right no, there. it's a great it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite films to watch in general. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch when I get home. I you you've never from, seen it. You got to see it from start to finish. Yeah, okay, it's, it's a great it. film. You know why? Because as a kid, and this is the nerd in me, and this is. See, it's funny because I always joke around about Mike being picky about certain things about certain comic books. When I was a kid, I was very, very picky, especially like if it wasn't a comic book movie, mm-hmm. but it was something that's sci-fi. I kind of refused to watch it. Like Rocketeer is Disney trying to be. I don't want to watch it. No, but it's, it's it's one of those movies where it shows you that even a regular guy could become a hero, and that, that's very important. You know, yeah. that's a very important message. Anybody could be a hero. Just yeah. don't and jump think, off of buildings thinking you have a jetpack on. And I think it is actually from like a comic book itself. Anyhow. It is, yeah. It is yeah. from a comic It is? Yeah. Do you know? That's why I said it. The Rocketeer. Yeah. No, no, but, but, but what company? Was uh, it like was it like a major company, a minor company? You it know? was. Um, the comic book was created by Dave Stevens. Okay. Right? And the company was Pacific Comics, Eclipse yeah. Comics. IDW had it for a while in Dark Horse. Oh, okay. That's and cool. And he, he first appeared in Star Slayer number one. As a cameo, Star mm-hmm. Slayer, okay. and then he yeah. had a full appearance in Star Slayer number two. I'll have to check that movie out again right, really and check it out as a whole. Well, it's fun because it's like I said, it's, it's set in, uh, you know nineteen thirty eight. You know, so it's just it's just a great time piece. It's just like Indiana Jones, except it's not Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, just like Indiana Jones, except, except it's, it's not. not. It's, it's Indiana Jones with mobsters, uh, Nazis, and blips. Well, there's Nazis in Indiana Jones. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> But are there blimps in Indiana Jones? I think not. All right. <laughs> well done, Ralph. So let's move on to the Nazi of comic book movies. Mike the Finance Guy. What are you guys the number two moment? Nothing, because they're all number ones. I already established <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. God. Stroke, stroke, stroke. Right. I'm, like, I, I'm going in chronological right. order. I'm not going in what's, order of What's your importance. second number one? Thank you. <laughs> Finally, someone that listens. All righty. <laughs> movie I love is because he knows... The evil that lurks in the hearts oh, of men. So it's up. The Shadow, 1994, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Oh, that was good. That was a great movie. I, I I really wish that they would have continued the series or at least now redo it. Um, if, but, cool question. If they redid it, who would you have playing The Shadow? No idea. Oh. I have no one in mind right now. Um, best part, is, like, it just opens up right away into it. So you know, you get like a the little rundown. They give you like a. Uh, a screen, an on-screen narrative, basically, you know, right. explaining like, you know, quickly about Cranston and, you know, the fact that uh, 
the power that Lamont Cranston has that he's, he's learned from the Tolku. And then it, so you go right into the scene and you, it's like, you know, foggy nights in New York City. It's the Brooklyn Bridge. And you see three um, thugs on the bridge and they're about to throw these Chinese men into the water. His feet are in the blocks of cement. Um, like I said, it's foggy. And then everyone on the bridge, because they're the only people on the bridge. You right. Know? And this is set probably in the 30s, I'm assuming, maybe early mm -hmm. 40s. 1930s. Um, yeah. And everyone just hears this. <laughs> and it's just echoing and belling this deep, rich laughter. It's coming from everywhere. And they can't see who's causing the laughter. Um, so eventually, you know, he's just, you know, he's just making, you know, taunts and stuff like that. He's talking to the boss uh, about, like, you know, some of the crimes he's committed. And, and he says a, a few different lines before he even gets to this one. But it's the way um, he says it. And it's, uh, it's actually, it's, um, which Alec, one of the brothers? It's Alex, Alec Baldwin. Alec, Alec Baldwin. Okay. And he had been talking about some of the crimes his boss, uh, the, the mob boss committed. But it's just uh, when he's talking about, like, that he had killed this cop. And he just goes, do you think I wouldn't know? And it's just when he says it like that, you're just like, holy shit. This is freaking me out and I haven't done anything. You know, <laughs> just, just the power that was just in, just in the voice. And he hadn't done anything. There's been no gunshots. There's been no violence. He's just talking. And the fear that he's inducing in them just from talking and the fact that the fear he's giving you <laughs> while he's just talking is amazing. And um, he continues laughing about that point, And, you know, everyone's looking around, trying to find out where this is coming from. Um, and eventually, you know, he's got, like, you start to see almost like, like puff of smoke images of this person hitting the boss. Like, he, he kind of holds, it's almost like he's fighting an invisible man kind right. of thing. But, you, you know, as a viewer, you see, like, just this, this scant image of somebody moving through smoke or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, even after all that, after he, you know, threatens the guy, he's telling him, like, you know, you must confess. You will you will go to the police and confess or I will come back for you, you know, kind of thing. Um, but then after the, the mob boss is down, his two henchmen are still standing up. But then you finally see the shadow. He reveals himself and he's standing like several yards away from the mobster. And he's standing still. He's mostly in profile, but his head is turned slightly. He's staring at the men and he makes them run. It's just the look he gives them. It is just... It's just amazing. It was just one of those things. It's like all that he did when you realize that all he is in the trench coat, he's got the big hat and he's got the red scarf that goes around mostly his mouth and nose area so mm -hmm. that you must see the eyes. It's, it's what Batman would be doing. Yep. Like it's, you know, as much as everyone's like, they always say he, they're afraid of Batman. He always has to get down to fighting and not saying that shadow doesn't fight. And he, and he, he did fight a little bit, but they didn't see him. It's when they see him, He's just scary, and, mm -hmm. but and not in any weird. He's not in a weird costume, you know. It's, it's just that moment that I was like, yeah, that's who wow. you want to be because that he was like, it's like that's the man right then and there, you know. And I've I've, I've never seen the movie. Oh, it's yeah. a great movie. It really is a great. Movie. I think again that nice nineteen thirties feel. It's just a fun time, you know. When I saw Batman, when like I not the like Tim Burton Batman, but like the the nittier grittier Batman. Mm -hmm. I always thought it seemed a lot like The Shadow, and the right. fact that The Shadow came out first. Well, The Shadow, well, the shadow as a character, has been around long 19, before Batman. 1930 yeah. came out. Yeah. Batman first appeared in 1939. Wow. Yeah. Um, what I, what's funny about you talking about The Shadow, it's funny because I remember my father. My father was born in 33. So, oh. yeah, my father would talk about the serials and about the radio shows, and, you know, he would talk about The Shadow. And, you know, so for me, that's like a, a real good piece of nostalgia, but I've never seen the movie. But yeah. the great part is about Mike's description is that... Um, when I have kids, I'm going to totally use that 
They're going to try to sneak the report card without me seeing it. And I'm going to be standing somewhere. And you didn't think I wouldn't know. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, my God, Dad. Just take a chill pill. Oh, my God. Dad, we have company. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when they leave that little slip. I mean, and it's happened. When people leave that last little sliver of milk in, 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 the, in the gallon, but leave the gallon in the fridge. And you didn't think I wouldn't know. And then they'd retort by going, did you think that we didn't know that you left it there? <laughs> How about when uh, the last person that leaves that last little sheet of toilet paper because they don't want to change it? Okay, so bottom line is I'm gonna have Mike. I'm gonna record Mike's voice doing it, and I'm gonna have these recordings all over the house. So when it's the last roll of toilet paper, it goes off. When it's the last fucking note, you think I wouldn't know? Dad, Uncle Mike is 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 haunting me again. Just change the toilet paper. <laughs> and then the bat- when the batteries go low, you didn't think that. <laughs> Dad, Uncle Mike is slow. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> They'll be like, I think Uncle Mike's gotten into the liquor cabinet again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of course the kids will find some way to reverse it on me. <laughs> me and G going to bed. You didn't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, I didn't even drop my drawers yet. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> um, that came out in 94? Yep. Wow. 94 was a blur for me. Uh, maybe put down the pipe once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no. All I'll say is 94, 94 was a good time and a tough time for me. So I was like, ah, okay. But it, it, I also remember for me on a light note, but it was still tough for me. Baseball had went into a strike that year. Oh, so it was one of those things where you're I like, don't care. damn it. <laughs> but for a baseball guy, it's like, wait a minute. So you're going on strike in July? What the fuck do I, am I going to watch the rest of the season? And then they would cock tease you by saying, yeah, they went in negotiations. The negotiations and uh, no, 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 there's no season. You ever heard of reading a book? Maybe. I don't know. Did you hear? Uh, did we talk about um, Harry Potter off the podcast before? What <laughs> 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 oh, was in the book? Nah, it's too long. <laughs> All right, so um, um, the number one comic book movie moment. Even though Mike's got nothing but number ones, of course. Damn right. All right, so my number one mo- geekgasmic comic book movie moment is the recent hit, The Avengers. Now, there's a couple of moments in The Avengers that I could have picked. Actually, right, are you talking about the one with Ray Fiennes and Uma no, Thurman? No, 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 no. And what's funny is when I talk to older people, they say that. I'm like, oh, I love the Avengers. Oh, I thought that was okay. But, you know, um, Uma Thurman was good. I'm like, no, not that one. <laughs> the good one. The good one. <laughs> the real one. <laughs> but, I mean, a, a lot of parts of the Marvel Avengers movie was um, could have went either way. Like... Um, Especially when you when you see the Hulk first change, yeah. I mean that could you know you could have you could have easily made an argument for that. When you see um, an argument I, for what an argument saying, well, that's a geek moment. You know, oh. that's probably the, mm-hmm. a geek gasmic moment for some people. It might be that. I mean, even if you for go, Ralph, it was when Black Widow bent over for something, <laughs> <laughs> anything. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I still remember that one where she bent over to tie her shoes. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but my geek gasmic moment is coming toward the climax. Where I mean, throughout the whole movie, you've seen. Parts of you know parts of our of our heroes being mm-hmm. together. They first fight in the helicarrier and they're unsuccessful. I mean, they they save the helicarrier, but you know, um, Hawkeye. I was about to call him Green Arrow because <laughs> <laughs> you wanted him to be good. Because it's the po- wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Hawkeye. Hawkeye basically. Um, you know, in the first NBA fight, he's not really with them. So this particular scene is right when the aliens are invading New York, 
and they're right in the middle of Grand Central Station, and they're fighting. All, you know, the, um, the Avengers are trying to fight on all fronts, and the Hulk hasn't shown up yet. And it's right when the Hulk joins them, where, where Bruce Banner uh, comes on the motorcycle, and they see that that big monster coming towards them, and they go, "Well, shouldn't you um, Hulk up? Shouldn't you get angry?" And he says the, the the line, "You know, that's my secret. I'm always angry." So he punches the the alien. But the part that's cool is that the aliens are yelling at the Avengers, and the Avengers are in. In a circle form, circle formation, blah, ready to fight, and just to watch the camera pan around every single Avenger mm-hmm. in a fighting pose, like in a comic book. Right. So you have the Hulk roaring, you have Hawkeye grabbing his bow, yay. You have you know Black <laughs> Widow. Sounds you like know. a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Black Widow didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have all of them in fighting mode, and they're getting ready to to, to fight the the great fight. Mm-hmm. I just I remember just feeling so excited. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember grabbing the person next to me, like, "Oh my god!" And Joe says, "Get off me! <laughs> <laughs> this is not that kind of movie." <laughs> but I remember that moment. I mean, I don't know how for you guys, but for me, I was so excited. If I could have stayed in that moment, maybe ten seconds longer, I would have been fine. Oh, it's a great moment. It really is. It, it, it's one of those moments where you feel the adrenaline pump in. You're like, "I could be an Avenger too." <laughs> Wow. And what would your power be again? What, what use would you be? Stutter man. <laughs> well, we're either going to bring this guy or Jarvis to bring us tea. <laughs> oh, I say bring Jarvis. <laughs> well, Jarvis is a computer now, so, you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Ralph, what's your number one comic book movie moment? Well, my number one movie, uh, comic book movie moment is also in the Avengers. Okay. It's when uh, Captain America, he's running through the streets, you know, kicking ass, kicking the aliens out. And he goes up to the cops and he's like, all right, listen, uh, get your men to clear the people from here. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And then he's like, who the hell are you? And then he, some alien comes, he beats this one, takes the other one, takes the other one's arm off with the shield, then takes the gun and shoot a few other ones. And the cop just looks up, then turns around. All right, I see you guys get over here. You heard the guy do this over here, do this, do this, do this. That one was yeah. like, it's like, who the fuck am I? I'm Captain America, bitch. That's who the fuck I am. And I think the exact line is, why should we listen to you? Yeah. That's the, I think the exact line. Because then when he does it, he repeats everything that Cap says. Yep. That's a great moment. No, it is a great moment. It's really funny, too. Even though Mike and I were just talking about how hokey Captain America's uniform looks oh, in that, that movie. That uniform was horrible. Yeah. I don't know what they thought when they saw that uniform. And then the other one, also in that movie, is also when uh, Loki's, like, Screaming at Thor, it's like, "What are you? I'm a god. What are you gonna do?" And then Hulk just picks him up and smashes yeah. him across the room. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Puny god." But you know, it's funny. Even if they did the puny god, that moment right there, and it's just so lo- painful looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just like God or not. I'm like, you have to be hurting in ways you've never hurt in your life. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. And and what. I think about the Hulk, and I think about he only fights like you only see him fight against like the Abomination in 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 certain versions, or you know big Hulk monsters or tanks. So to see him fight against Loki and to see like the difference in size and what he could do to somebody that size oh, yeah. was like holy shit! Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. just the fact that he, I mean, he pushes Thor around like nothing. He's like when uh, when they when they beat the monster when they beat the big snake and they fall into Grand Central Station, and then. Uh, Thor and the Hulk are just standing there. You know that punch is coming because it's right. like I gotta get you back. Boom! That's <laughs> <laughs> because he really, when he waylays the Hulk with that hammer on the on the shield carrier, the helicarrier. Oh. I mean, it was just that 
that the way the Hulk's face just it's like boom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we were watching yesterday. Yeah. We'd be the yeah. same thing. That, if that would have Bugs Bunny cartoon, there would have been teeth everywhere. The stars <laughs> would have been just bursting onto the scene. It was just like that was a great hit. You know, mm-hmm. so that was great. All right, Mike, what's your number one, number one comic book moment? You mean my third number one? Whatever. <laughs> well, going in order, we started with 1978 with Superman. We went to 1994 with The Shadow. So we're just going to move ahead six more years. And we're going to get a movie that a lot of people keep forgetting. Russians they keep forgetting, but a lot of people often forget is actually a superhero movie. And so from the year Mystery 2000. Man? No. <laughs> it's an okay movie, though. Stripperella? <laughs> That's so funny. That was a funny show. Um, so from the year 2000, directed by, written by, and produced by. The same man. And starring the cap. No. <laughs> I want to hear what this movie is. Hold on. What movie is this? By M. Night Shyamalan. Unbreakable. Oh, fuck. Ah, oh, Bruce Willis. Yes. yes. Yeah. So my favorite scene out of that movie, the one that really got me, I mean, the movie was a good movie, um, but yeah. the, the scene that really gets me and, what, and moves me into it. Hmm? What comic book is that based off of? Nothing. It was just his own story. Oh, okay. No, but I mean, it's, it's a superhero movie because that's okay. the, the whole tale is that... Uh, um, Bruce Willis, it, it's all st- it's taking the superhero and supervillain archetypes into the movie, and right. he does have a power. Yeah, you know. Um, but the thing that really gets you know, like I said, the movie was a good movie to begin with, um, and, it, and it's a good from beginning to end. At least I think it is. Uh, but the part that really got me on board with uh, with the character, um, the character's name is David Dunn. Okay, and uh, he's in the basement of his home. He starts bench pressing like just these ridiculous amounts of weight, nothing like out of a gym because it's his home gym. So it's got those, those amounts of weight you'd have in a home gym, right. you know, that kind of Plus thing. Plus paint cans. Yeah. Well, right now he's just doing weights okay. and, uh, and his, his teenage son is like watching him and he's kind of like afraid and in all, all at the same time. And the thing is, what I like about it is that he's not like suddenly Superman. I mean, he's, the weight is still really heavy. It's just that, he just won't break. In other yeah. words, like what would make your arm snap or your, you know, your shoulder give out, it just doesn't work with him. Right. But he's not, it's not that he's super strong, it's just that he just won't break. So therefore he can keep pushing and pushing and pushing much more than we could. So that, uh, you know, so he keeps increasing the weight and, you know, he keeps showing the same amount of strain trying to move the weight, but he's able to move it. Um, and then I like when the, the final lift, he just asks his son how much weight he put on and the boy just says, all, All of it. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, I, and it's just such a great scene. And that's when I was on board because it was just a great scene. And then the next you know, one, he says, you got any more? Yeah. You know, you know but I, I definitely liked all that. And then, of course, the other scene I really liked was uh, when he's in the Philadelphia train station. Once he's taken the idea now of trying to be a superhero and stop crime, if he can, is that when he just kind of has his arms out to his side and he lets people brush against him. And he starts to read all of the like the evil things that they've oh, yeah. done, yeah. and it's kind of like they're more in like almost like shadow, with like maybe an element of them would be like like some element of their clothing, or whatever might be in color, and you know just that kind of thing. So that you know he's he's trying to find evil that he's able to stop. I just thought that was a great moment too, and that's when I really got on board. I'm like, that's cool. I felt like it was a real smart movie, and and, yeah. and um, it was very clever. You didn't see it coming. You didn't, especially the end. You really yeah. did not see the end coming. Mr. Glass yeah. being the bad man. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen that uh, movie by now, Dev, he's probably right. He, he'll be listening to this and putting it Unbreakable somehow for some reason <laughs> at that one moment. <laughs> Fucking bullshit, Ralph <laughs> Dunn again. Spoiling ass motherfucker. He's just yeah. he's just looking through his collections. Superman the movie, you know, Avengers, Unbreakable. 
he was just the shadow. Like all these movies, he suddenly was going to watch that one <laughs> that one afternoon. <laughs> you know. Meanwhile, twenty two fucked up by Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and these movies planned out all year. <laughs> all right, and one thing I'll say is uh, I'm glad we did this is because it reminds you of what what um, comic book movies or superhero movies are supposed to be. They're supposed to be fun. They're supposed to inspire. They're supposed to um, whisk you away and for you to kind of imagine you're somewhere else. Right. And I think sometimes. Even though Mike and I argue about Chris Nolan, I think one of the issues I agree with Chris Nolan is he tries to be too earnest. He tries to be too serious. He tries to be too um, based in reality where it takes away the fun. Yeah. Because the idea of a superhero is to be the total opposite of what, you know, not the total opposite, but a, a hyper exaggeration to get you out of your reality. Right. right. And also, and, and for anyone out there that thinks that fun means jokey, jokey, jokey. Right. Like, it doesn't. I mean, The Shadow is a fun movie. But he's not a nice guy. <laughs> you at know? All. Yeah, not at all. He even says it to the girl. I'm not a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like me if you really knew me. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> Are we doing low voices for the rest of the podcast? Why not? <laughs> all right. I sound sexy. Sounds yeah. creepy. You sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but now that we're done with that, what else you got to say, guy? <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, I couldn't even count the words. <laughs> Geeks on the go is next. Geeks on the go. Just staying with the theme of deep voices. Yeah. That, that didn't even sound deep. That just sounded tired. Yeah. <laughs> sounded like you had some of that, you know, glug glug juice. Glug glug juice? Yeah. No, I ain't touching any glug glug juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only drinking water when I'm at Mike's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I drink alcohol, I feel kind of eh. And then when I drink um, coffee, my stomach kills me. Then you get the... Uh, what the, really really ralph ralph is ralph's a dick and fart joke guy i swear to god make me happy with a dick and fart joke <laughs> all right you all know the segment i give quick questions they give quick answers on all things geek and we never make it under a minute but we see we don't have a third person here with us so we actually have a fighting chance now well there's three of us so there'd be a fourth person you know what i mean uh, three people answering you know what i mean because i don't answer i give out the questions all right, you guys yeah. are ready? How's that for? I'm going to have to talk to my union representative. We have to answer, and all he does is just ask the questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You have a union, a union rep? Can yes, we sir. file a complaint of you watching TV during the show? <laughs> <laughs> my union will just say, uh, he'll, ah, never mind. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a hint of it wasn't going to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ready, set, go. It's the holiday season, and there's this new cologne or perfume inspired by a superhero or villain. What's the name of the fragrance, and who inspired it? Mike. Oh, I have the whole commercial ready. Go. When I want to smell ballsy and musky, but with a manly undertone of old cheese, I take a big spray of dick right below my chin. <laughs> dick from Wayne Tech. Our CEO says it reminds him of his first love. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Ralph. Mine isn't as clever, but it's, it's just Ha Ha by the Joker. Bounds put a smile on your face. Okay, that's not <laughs> I bad. Like that. I like that. Which do you feel is less believable? A rich playboy using his money to create gadgets to fight crime or a hero who doesn't wear a mask walking around in broad daylight as his or her alter ego is not being spotted? Ralph. Uh, the, the more believable one is the 
rich boy having the gadgets to fight crime. Because even if you walk outside and all you do is wear glasses to hide your identity, ain't no way no one's that stupid not to notice it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ralph, I'm Mike. Yes, I am Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I say um, a rich playboy using his money to buy anything other than cocaine, hose, and politicians, and treatment for syphilis is completely unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Time's up, but we're going to keep going. <laughs> That's pretty good, by the way. In the Batman universe, do you miss... Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Why or why not? Mike. Nope. I love Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. She should only have the holes she was born with. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad the timer stopped on that one. <laughs> Ralph. Um, I think she's cool as Oracle because, you know, she provides that, that backup that they need. Tech but support. She, <laughs> but she's kick ass as Batgirl. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like oracles. It's almost like when they have a when they have the they they do like these spoofs on Batman. And recently, I've seen they've added Oracle in each one. I'm like, yeah, I kind of miss Oracle. You know, she, you know, it showed like her character progressed. Right. Oh yeah, you know, no, that was a good progression. And also, the the nice part though is, you know, well now that she's Batgirl, I guess Batman's be like, Oracle, I need your help. I it's about to man. <laughs> Come again. <laughs> Why did Mike's imitation of tech support sound like a difference between somebody from Afghanistan and someone from Italy? <laughs> it's about to man. <laughs> With some string cheese. It sounds like Borat. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Last question. Be brief, which is hard for us. Um, give a reason why underwear on the outside of heroes' costumes are needed. Ralph. To show off the bulge. Duh. Okay. And Mike. I assumed when you said be brief, you were making a pun about the underwear, but I don't think you even noticed that, did you? <laughs> nope. Okay. For men, it's to hide random erections and that pee drip. Oh. And for, and for women, isn't the underwear the costume? <laughs> <laughs> think about it. That's all there is. In 1990s, it was no joke. Seriously. In 1990s, it was all like, oh, pasties and panties. Oh, there you go. Pasties and G-string with a cape. <laughs> With a cape. That's and it was only like a quarter cape, too. And, and that's the battle armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Battle armor. My God. All right. So that's it for the show for this week. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, The Ever Living, and RT Square, Ralph the Tech, the guy who gets bored real easy. It's the cap who always says his name saying, keep it geeky. And we'll see you in two weeks.